there just called Jenny. Adam Curry. John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, December 4th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 362. This is No Agenda. Suspended in midair here at Camp Mofo in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Lone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm the ever-belligerent Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're keeping an eye on Herman Cain. <laughs> I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craigblad and Buzzkill. In the morning. We are not, I repeat, not being distracted by Sperm and Herman. So I do only have one clip about Sperm and Herman. <laughs> How come no one has used that but us? I don't understand. It's such a good one. It is a good one. Um, and it is, uh, I, I, I've got this clip. I cracked up when I heard it. Tell me if you can spot the gaff in this clip. That suggests dire financial strait. And so we don't have any evidence yet, but I assure you, we are going to get to the bottom of it. I've already started that process. And when we come back, it's not going to be based upon rumors. It's not going to be based upon he said, she said. It's going to be based upon factual information that we are going to be able to present in order to show that I had not done many of the things that I've been accused of. Many? uh, I mean, I mean, the things? (laughs) <laughs> Not all, just many. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, listen, there are going to be many. <laughs> the distraction of the week on no agenda. Actually, I beg to differ. I don't think it's much of a distraction. It's a total distraction. Let me see. What, oh, what, what, who cares? Oh, Nobody's paying any attention to it. What was going on? Let me think. Uh, hmm. Oh, yeah. The military can lock you up for being a grumpy old man. Do you think that is anything important to look at? That's uh, a distraction of the week. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, I will say, though, here in Austin, it's the talk of the town. What is? Uh, uh, S1867. Oh yeah! Everyone's talking about it. It's it, it's really interesting. Yeah, we had uh, dinner at the neighbors last night. We were invited over to uh, you know meet some of the neighborhood. And oh, uh, you had dinners the neighbors over to the house. No, no, the neighbors had us over to their house. Oh, okay. They you know they did exactly what never happened in Los Angeles. They knocked on the door the other day. Hi, yeah, you know, we're Maggie and Bruce. We're the neighbors. Hey, how you doing? That was really nice. You know, I said, oh, come on over. We'll invite some of the other neighbors over. And uh, they cook for us. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Now, but, now, of course, now I'm really conscious because they're listening over there. And now you have to invite them over. Of course. Well, <laughs> Mickey's so you like, have to have a housewarming party. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. We got to do that. And that's when you do. They'll all come over. You get, I don't know how many, for, you know, like six, eight, ten people. They'll all come over. One of them, of course, will be work, working for an agency, and there'll be a bug planted in the house. <laughs> of course, as as and one does. I would sweep the house afterwards, <laughs> yeah, just to make sure. <laughs> just to, but just you better sweep. get somebody who knows what he's doing nowadays. It's, it's just, you know, these Well, you know, are... there's this really ominous-looking building uh, not far from us, which is the 3M headquarters in Austin, and they've got this huge antenna on the roof, like a ham radio, like, you know, massive... Uh, a dish or a... Or a stick? No, no, no. Um, uh, directional. Uh, d- uh, what do you call dish. it? No, not a dish. Not a dish. No, no. An, an old school uh, pylone mast with you know one of those, the huge antenna that has the, oh, okay. the, the dipole yeah. sticking out so heavy that they're bending down. It's probably just a. They probably just sold that space to a 
bunch of cellular carriers. You sure they're not cell? cell no, 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 no. They make, um, you know what they make there? RFID tracking equipment. Oh. It says it right there on the website. I'm like, and, and, and the whole place is like, no trespassing, 3M campus only, you know, cameras everywhere. You know, that is a total spook facility. Get it, get it. Tour. <laughs> hey, hi. Hi, I'm Adam, uh, I'm, uh, Adam Clark. <laughs> I'd like a tour of your facility to see, uh, just to check stuff out, see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that'll go over well. Anyway, so now I'm real self-conscious because they're listening. You know, I, we went over and you know, we're drinking some wine there while uh, Maggie's cooking. I can't even say anything about her now, you know, because I know this is going like, <laughs> Never introduce yourself uh, to the show to the neighbors. Smoking hot. These guys are like nuts. These, you, know, you, know what, you know what she what said? What do they think they're doing? You know what she really anyway. liked? What she really liked? She said, I, I really had to laugh about you just getting by. I mean, we did that whole thing with the uh, McLaughlin group when we were talking about the American dream. Yeah, yeah. Well, they just love, getting by. Yeah, she she even, she even asked their kids, like, kids, what is the American dream? You know, just to see if they, just to check them, right? See if they're okay. They're doing all right here. Anyway. And what was the results? Uh, that was good. You know, like freedom. Uh, these are like, you know, they're 12 and 14. So freedom was one. Uh, you know, family was part of the American dream. That was nice. You know, at no point did any of them say, I just want to get by. Yeah, well, that mean probably will never really penetrate Texas. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, uh, I am, of course, Nostradamus. Yeah? Yeah, no sooner had I uh, predicted that we needed to move to Texas to uh, scale back expenses than uh, donations drop off a cliff. <laughs> I knew yeah, they was, did. Yeah. We, didn't get, we essentially have no... no. <laughs> we're gonna, this is the second time in the history of the show... With no executive we, producer. We have no executive producers. We have to credit ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so all the people could have snuck in with a cheap executive producer... Uh, or show 362, which actually is a really nice number. That's a great 362, number. you know, yeah. it's all yeah. kind of divisible. And nothing. So, uh, it's weird. Good job, John, on the show. <laughs> I, I, well, I suppose the last show must sucked. have really sucked. We, this, is, this is what John does. And he'll send me an email and say, donations are off the cliff. We're dead. We must have really sucked or been boring or whatever. And, <laughs> and I have a theory, actually. I have a theory. I think that we, the minute we started talking about food and wine again, it's what everyone always wants, right? They're always, oh, I miss the food and wine talk. And then we bring that back and we talk about it a little bit since Thanksgiving. <laughs> Boom. Well, the problem is the problem with that theory is the show before is when we really talked about food and wine. No, we talked. That, no, 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 that, no, that's the, the, and, the we talk, and we've been talking about uh, single scotch. malt scotch and all that. Yeah, yeah, this is bad. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to do do it again, and if donations are down again next week, then we'll never talk about food and wine again. How's There's that? Sound? about food and wine to talk about this. Well, yeah, I there is. I, a, I do. I have something to talk about. Okay, go. So um, we went to Siena Ristorante, which you haven't been to B Cave yet, though. I, I've been down to B Cave. Sure, I have. But there's a lot of restaurants there. No, this no is, the Bee Cave uh, Barbecue. Bee Cave's no, 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 haven't been, haven't been there yet. Uh, but we went to a Siena uh, Ristorante, which is uh, apparently, and uh, we thought it was an outstanding Italian restaurant. Uh, and the prices here are just so great. Everything's so inexpensive, certainly comparatively speaking. According to Wine Spectator, uh, one of the top ten wine lists in the country. 
Did you know this? Yeah. Yeah. Or do you, or do you not uh, put a lot of value on Wine Spectator? I like the Wine Spectator, but they're easily uh, bamboozled. And I'll give an example. This will be my, wine, my uh, story. I'm in uh, Athens at some event. And I, I <laughs> throwing was this the stone throwing event you were at? <laughs> this was a while back, and so we went to this restaurant, which was the number one restaurant in the entire country for what for the wine list according to the Wine Spectator. Right. It had a huge wine list, the size was the size of the Manhattan phone book, and I had boned right. up on the various obscure Greek wines that I wanted to check out. Right, and so we go into there, and I had all the cherries picked out, and I, I open the wine list, and there it is. I'll have a we'll have a bottle of this. And the guy goes out, comes back. He says, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, you, there's We're only out. one bottle left. So? I said, yeah. He says, well, there's only one bottle left. You can't have it. <laughs> what? So I picked another one. Same thing. Only one bottle left. Well, what is that and, all about? Wait, I'm getting there. And then another one. And so finally, he says, ah. He says, there's, here's, here's, you can't have another one because this is the second to the last bottle. And the, there will only be one bottle left. And I realized what they were doing is they weren't selling these wines when they got to one bottle so they could have this huge bogus wine list. Bogative. And the, it was bogative. The point is, is that the wine spectator was, you know, obviously found some, oh, look at the size of this wine list. The wine list is bull crap. Hmm. So that's why I've always been very upset about it. Well, um, we, uh, we splurged. One bottle left. We splurged. Uh, to celebrate uh, being in Austin, and we had a bottle of 2004 Barolo. Okay, and it was outstanding. Who's Barolo? I don't know. Uh, I brought. Well, I brought, please. I brought the corks just so I could tell you about it. I don't know anything. Uh, Damilano Barolo. Mm -hmm. Does that mean anything to you? No, uh, I've never had it. Oh, okay. It was really good. 2004 huh? Barolo. It was uh, really nice. Good. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay. Yeah, I, th I, thought, I had a bottle of Beaujolais over the weekend. <laughs> I thought you might. Uh, I thought you might actually know it and say, "Oh, yeah, this is a good wine." No, what? I don't know it. No, uh, there's a lot of Barolas. Slide, I've slide, whistle me down, baby. I got a note about your slide whistle uh, from David. Does John have some kind of diminished lung capacity? <laughs> his attempts no, this thing takes a lot of push to get anything out. I mean, it's amazingly... He um, says his attempts on the slide whistle sound awfully pathetic. He needs to really <laughs> hit that thing with some force. Try using your diaphragm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't encourage him, please. Don't encourage him. Uh, so, okay. So, so, this is great. So, we have uh, no executive producer segment. That's great. Shall I go straight into uh, PR mentions then? Uh, well, we should also mention that people can maybe uh, become an executive producer by going to Dvorak.org slash blog. Oops. Oops. Slash NA. Maybe that's who I Dvorak.org slash NA. Yeah. Uh, is, that, is, is that page working? Let me check if the page is working. Maybe it's not working anymore. You had that redesign. Dvorak.org slash NA. Let me just check. Yeah, that's working. Maybe we need a redesign of that page. All right, and page needs work. So, uh, channeldevork.com slash NA, No Agenda Nation, and uh, No Agenda Show. And the way it works is uh, if you come in with, uh, what is the, the cutoff for exec, for associate exec? 200? Yeah, 200. Yeah. And if you're the only, or the highest amount over 200 gets the executive producer's 
uh, of course, we cut it off at 333. Everyone gets it. But if you were the one person who came in at 200, you would have been the executive producer. We always bump it up. Yeah. And, and these are real credits. These are credits that you can put on your uh, resume, on your CV, on your IMDb. Um, and and uh, shut up. And unlike, uh, you know, phonies in Hollywood will actually vouch for you if someone says, oh, really, you're an executive producer. That's pretty cool. It's, it's a real Hollywood bio. thing. Yeah, put it on your bio. Exactly. Put it on your college entrance exam. You could. Yeah, for, absolutely. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. There's Take no, anything. It's for real. All right, so then we'll do this. So please, Dvorak.org slash NA. Uh, help a brother out, man. Give us some value for value. I don't know what, you're, what you've been spending your money on, what kind of quality I don't entertainment. Think anybody, I think we're in the holiday season and nobody's listening to the show. It's just you and me talking to each other. Okay, well, I got nothing better to do. So, Although I, I will be looking for a job soon. Uh, PR mentions today, thank you, uh, Gene, for wherethedronesat.com, which is great once we have all of that mapped out. Uh, maybe we can hook it into... Um, Wolfram Alpha. So you just say drones overhead, and it'll you know show. I was looking for uh, you know the Wolfram Alpha thing. I there was a helicopter flying over the uh, Golden Gate Fields a, a week ago, and I tried to see if it would show up on the Wolfram Alpha thing, but no, 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 not not the military, not the black ops stuff. I think it was KGO. Oh, really? <laughs> KGO didn't show up on Wolfram Alpha. <laughs> That's because it's not. It's a flight path thing. You know, the helicopters they just buzz around, like the drones. The drones won't be able to, won't be able to track them either. Anyway, thank you. That's a, that's a good one. Forwarding to the No Agenda Show, noagendashow.com. And uh, Harold uh, did something really good. He saw that uh, the noagendashow.com was not registered, so he bought uh, and forwards it to us uh, the dot com dot net dot org dot co dot info dot biz and dot ca. All the noagendashow.com, which is great. We really needed that. That's a, a good catch. Appreciate that. New initiative, noagendabusiness.com. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is, but it seems like there's a, there's a website there, and it's a, some kind of business club that you can uh, become a part of, and uh, maybe small businesses can help each other. And uh, conspiracyforone.com, now forwarding to the show, which, of course, is a, uh, a callback to uh, episode 359-er. With the uh, the lone wolf who was in a conspiracy, so I guess we'll just start filling that up with everyone who uh, who was arrested as a lone wolf in a conspiracy will be uh, listed on conspiracyforone dot com. And it's uh, a good title for a book. Oh, that is a good title. When are you going to start writing it? Any minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, now you <clears throat> sometimes you miss an email. And I know that uh, this guy has been trying to reach you for a long time, and I and I just said, oh, screw it. You know, here here's here's where you can find me, uh, brunsclothing.com. dot com. Did you see this? No. So oh, of course you didn't. Well, he offered to make you a handmade uh, winter coat. Ooh, uh, brunsclothing.com. dot uh, com. I never got a me. It must have yes, gone in did. the spam box. Well, then check your spam box. Well, the guy's me, been trying to reach you, and I've even... Well, he's, he's, he's off t- his timing is off. Something's amiss. I, I answer all my email. Everyone can attest to that. <laughs> and I even replied with you in the in the, in the CC, like, hey, John. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't okay, matter. Well, let's, what, what's, a br- what's, what's, what's the... Who's it from? What's the name of the addressee? Uh, or addressor? It's, uh, I, I don't have the email here, I don't think. I don't have uh-huh. the email, But it's, it's brunsclothing.com. 
runs. Uh, anyway, so he ma- it's made in America, and these are really affordable. Uh, I'm trying to look. I'm looking at the thing here. Like 60, 65 bucks, he makes an awesome winter coat, and he made mine with extra long sleeves and a concealed carry pocket on the inside. <laughs> well, I got it. I got it. Here's what the only thing I have in my box from Bruns Clothing is a $66.66 donation yeah. that came in on May 18, 2011. Yeah, he's, he's a longtime supporter of the show. But anyway, he has a special offer um, if you buy it. And by the way, so this coat was made by a 65-year-old American woman, not by some child in China. Uh, it's super. And, and it's great because we've had rain for the past four days. And uh, this is perfect. What's it made out of? Um, uh, I'll tell you what it's made out of. Um, uh, um, I don't know. He's in Watertown, South Dakota? Yeah. Huh. It doesn't actually say what it's made out of. Well, it's okay. It's uh, made out of something. <laughs> it's made out of molecules. <laughs> anyway, he has a... Mo- <laughs> consists of molecules. That'd be funny. Special offer. Um, if anyone orders a Bruns clothing jacket for $12 extra, which will go directly to supporting the No Agenda show, uh, he will embroider a No Agenda meme of your choice on the crest. Ooh, that's yeah. neat. Yeah, so... Uh, he says you could do things like slave, noagendashow.com, Doug, Dvorak.org, slash Doug. <laughs> Doug. Hi, my name's Pete. I got Doug on my jacket. <laughs> uh, Dvorak.org, slash NA. Anyway, it's good, and I appreciate it because uh, I don't have Distraction any Distraction of the week would be a good meme. That's a good one. I don't have any winter clothes, and man, it's cold here. It's, we had like a real storm last night. It's just crazy. They got rain and you know sleet. We got hail on the way. And 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 with the neighbors, and then they're like, like oh, it only lasts like two months, and then you know, in, invariably one of them goes, well, last year was really horrible. It lasted. It was the nuclear winter. Like shakes, name man, don't do that, please. Mickey's gonna tell me I'm jipping her. Hey, propagate the formula, people. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. I think we have a CIA war uh, acting up again, John. Well, this is not a, something that surprises anyone. No, but least of all, uh, of all us. <laughs> yeah, we've been tracking this for for several years. Now, the uh, general counsel of the CIA has come out against this uh, this bill S eighteen sixty seven, and he says, you know, we go down a slippery slope if an individual who wants to do harm to Americans who is inspired in his own basement by the writings he has read from Al-Qaeda and hasn't interacted with a single or other individual in that group, yet he has decided to do violence against America, blah, 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 blah. But the headline from Reuters, American citizens are not immune from being treated like an enemy if they take up arms against the United States. And I think that there's... Uh, there's there's definitely some strife here between the military and the CIA once again. You know, they, the CIA wants to be the boss of us. They can't. We can't have the military well, doing that. Military intelligence and the CIA. I've noticed this on the C-SPAN shows where the two of them show up at the same time. Mm. There's a little bit of a competition going on. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they cooperate once in a while, but this whole pipe dream that all these agencies are cooperating is. Just oh, yeah, bogative. Bo- yeah, totally bogative. And of course, it's, uh, I'm sure the fact that Panetta is, you know, 
We got Panetta out. Who, who do you have? Uh, wait a minute. Who's running the CIA now? I forget. The, what's his name? Uh, the guy who came over. For, your buddy. The guy with the guy with all the chevrons and medals and all this oh, stuff right. over his uh, uniform. Petraeus. Petraeus. Petraeus, yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, they swap places there. I don't know. It's weird. I think the reason they swap places is because I think they're trying to get it so the two groups cooperate. Because neither one, I mean, these top guys, the, the absolute top of the organization are, are essentially figureheads. Yeah. They're not really. No, they don't uh, really do anything. Manage. It's always the, uh, it's the deputy mm. guys that are seem to be running things. And uh, I don't know. Well, speaking of the CIA, the New York Times, uh, I thought, did a really good job at explaining the following news report, which kind of came out for like five seconds and then no one talked about it again. Good morning. Well, he, uh, well, he was a, a contractor working for the U.S. government on an aid program in Pakistan, apparently, according to these uh, militant sites. And essentially, the demands, and there are eight of them, are totally unrealistic. I'll just give you an example. The speaker on the, on the site, which is believed to be Ayman al-Zawari, says that the U.S. bombing of Pakistan, Somalia, and Yemen needs to come to an end. All prisoners at Guantanamo Bay need to be released. And it goes on and, and says anyone who's been arrested or charged with having any kind of links or contacts with al-Qaeda or the Taliban needs to be released. And the speaker on the tape, again believed to be Zawari, says that he will only be freed if these demands are met and it really is up to President Obama. So I know. So I look at this Warren Weinstein fellow and the New York Times has an article about this and it's like so obvious. Here we go. Uh, listen to this language. Words do matter. American officials identified the man as Warren Weinstein, the Pakistan director, J.E. Austin Associates, as an international development consulting company based yeah, in, Ar- I know. I mean, in Arlington, Virginia. As soon as he was Virginia. picked up as part of the USAID, that's the first thing I said. I didn't do any follow-up Spies. on the story. Spies. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He's, well, he's an uh, economic hitman. Yeah, well, listen, to, but the New York Times is so funny. Um, here we go. Uh, he was working on a development project financed by the American government in the tribal regions. <laughs> and here, he was a very experienced man and said he had worked in many countries in difficult circumstances. Oh, really? <laughs> a total spook. <laughs> difficult circumstances. Yes. I'm from I'm from Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> from Virginia. Please, please, people. So what's going to happen there? I mean, you know, this is all part of this whole Pakistan thing. It's like I think that 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 the U.S. and you know, the crazies from our own country are trying to break it up and just decimate, you know, get the country angry at itself or something. And then you know they, they grab this guy. And well, then I they, think they grab this. This guy's been grabbed for a swap of someone else, and he's seventy. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, he's seven. But there's probably somebody that they really want to trade for, and so they grabbed him. Right, a trade. And they said, yeah. look, we, a- <laughs> you, you have so-and-so. Give us Justin Bieber. <laughs> you have so-and-so. <laughs> we want him back, and we want him back now. And right. or, or and then they made all these crazy demands, and then they'll uh, then the swap will take place, but it has to be done. You know, this guy. I'll bet you we never find out what happened. They'll, they'll just drop out of the news cycle. Oh, it already has. It already has. they tried it. You know, it was like for a second there, it's like, oh, this is news, and then Sperm and Herman back on the scene, suspending his campaign. Can I just make a little red book prediction? No. Since uh, you and I uh, are uh, a big fan of the reality. Uh, format. 
Newt Gingrich about to crash and burn. We just I just got to think about what it will be. What do you think uh, the Newt Gingrich crash will be? Well, he wants to get out, uh, but at the same time, he's really having a lot of fun. His ego is just getting nothing but strokes over this whole everything. I mean, right. he's getting lots of attention. He's getting op-eds in the New York Times. There's a couple today. and uh, He's writing op-eds? No, no, he's getting them about oh, him. Oh, about him, okay. I mean, he, right. he, he'd write them too, but he's, somebody else is going to be going on and on about him. He loves it. So I think he's going to have to crack or, or, or get mad or do something something, something in weird. public yeah. that was like embarrassing and cost him, you know, an election or two because he, he can't afford to actually run. He's got too many skeletons in the closet. There's a bunch of stuff that hasn't been revealed. He doesn't want to get out. His, his, uh, Such as what? He has a foundation that has been collecting money for all sorts of things. He's like kind of like a clone of the Clinton Foundation, and and no one's really dug into it. Mm. And maybe some some before. Here's what here's all I remember is before he was he got to where he is when he started to run. All the real analytic pundits said this guy is not serious about running because he's got too much weird stuff with this foundation in terms of money. Right. That is that prevents him from really being able to just he can't give that up. He just can't cut that loose. And so he'll make a fake run at it because he can get matching funds and spend a lot of money, do some travel. Uh, but he can't really seriously do the, do this. But, you know, he's such an egomaniac that it's possible that he might convince himself that he can. But I, 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 I tend to think that he won't. I think he's going to blow up to get out of it. And then use that as an excuse, and then he could ride the the wave of well, this is a problem with the news cycle. It's oh yeah, me. right. And then he'll get right. and then he'll get a news gig, like a really good news gig. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, you know, but then then we're still left with Romney, I, and I'm sticking with my to my guns, which is it's Romney Perry huh. on the ticket, huh. and uh, Ron Paul. I would like to see win Iowa and and New come Hampshire. close in New Hampshire, and then that'll be the end of him. Uh, <laughs> that's a, thanks, John. That's awesome. Well, I, I have a couple uh, interesting Ron Paul clips because, of course, uh, you know, let us say just you know to go along with our Uber lords in the mainstream media. You know, there's no chance of winning ever. This can never happen. Which I heard last night at our dinner too. Well, the guy has no chance of winning. Why? 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 Well, because that's what everyone says. But there's a new little meme. And it's, uh, it's this one. Ron Paul hit Newt Gingrich pretty hard this week, and he's got the money to keep at it. $3.6 in cash. Even better, he's got the army. <laughs> this, is the, this is the new one about Ron Paul. It's the Ron Paul army. He doesn't have, like, people, American citizens, who, uh, who want to vote for him and who uh, like his message. No, he has an army. And yeah, they're portrayed as a bunch of fanatics. Yeah, an army. Brown shirts. And, yeah, an army. And then, He's Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Fox, and, Fox and fools, whatever it is. So, you know, and we'll get to this in a second. Of course, uh, Ron Paul has now opted out of the next uh, Celebrity Apprentice uh, presidential X-Factor reality show debate, which is to be hosted and moderated by Donald Trump. <laughs> Like, if you really want to get Ron Paul out and you can't do it through any normal means like, you know, uh, sex scandal or, you know, financial scandal, it's like just roll out Donald Trump and uh, Fox and Fools. 
<laughs> well, listen to this. Well, December 27th, as you all know, the Donald Trump debate. That is also in Iowa. He is the moderator. Who is in, who's out? We know this. John Huntsman is out. Newt Gingrich is in. And boy, is Ron Paul out. And he is leaving no doubt about why he's not going to this debate. It's very subliminal language, by the way. And boy, is Ron Paul out. ...by Donald Trump. Quote, the selection of a reality television personality to host a presidential debate that voters nationwide will be watching is beneath the office of the presidency and flies in the face of that office's history and dignity. Well, Donald Ron Paul leaving no doubt about his opinion. And Donald Trump also leaving no doubt about his opinion, responding in, I would say, vintage Trump style. Ron Paul has zero chance of winning, uh -huh. either the nomination or the presidency. My poll numbers were substantially higher than any of his poll numbers at any time. Few people take Ron Paul seriously, and many of his views and presentation make him a clown-like candidate. Wow. I am glad he and John Huntsman, who has inconsequential now listen to it. Here it comes. This is this is that uh, the not so hot chick on Fox in the morning. She has the skirt on, of course, and she's, she's got okay legs because that's all we're supposed to be looking at. Potential poll numbers or a chance of winning will not be attending the debate and wasting the time of the viewers who are trying very hard to make a very important decision. But in Iowa right now, Ron Paul is in second place. Eighteen percent right. of the vote in Iowa right now, and perhaps one of the best ground games in Iowa among all of the candidates. He has volunteers who are coming. He's they're an is army, he? aren't he's they? An army. They're there it is. They're an army, aren't they? How old is he now? 70? Uh, he's over 70 know, years old? Know, oh, ageist. He's over 70. Oh, uh, over 70. Oh, how did you get that? He yeah. definitely is. Clips that. He has so many young people pouring into that state more yeah. than any other candidate because of the excitement that he... Uh, that now listen to the douchebaguette. He garners for those individuals. So, I don't know. I mean, zero chance of winning may be a little harsh there, but 18% in Iowa. If he does well in Iowa, as Chris Wallace was talking out yesterday, that can be really important as we move into New Hampshire, too. If Ron Paul's in second place, second place, no, that's you're telling. You're right. I mean, look at the early states. Ron Paul is consistently in double figures in almost every state we've polled thus far. Is he inconsequential? Far from it. This race is fun. This is the idiot. What a well, you know the thing <sighs> about Trump. Of course, he said it, it was at the CPAC uh, last year that he made a big stink about Ron Paul, yeah. saying he's unelectable, he's no good, and all the rest of it. And then they let him with this baggage, essentially bigoted uh, opinions about Ron Paul, head the uh, debate. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. I mean, who's who is the sponsor of this well, piece this, of crap? Okay, so I've looked into this. This is um, it's the Ion Television Network, which I've never even heard of. So it's like, uh, and it's run by Newsmax. Does that make any sense? Newsmax. Well, Newsmax is a right wing uh, right operation. Right. So, and Newsmax dot com is a. Uh, I guess they're a pretty popular website. They have apparently they have a cable channel called the Ion Television. Never network. heard of it. No, oh, I'm, Ion. Oh, I know. Yeah, Ion is a um, right. It's a kind of a. It's a weird cable operation that that is that's syndicated in some funny way to other other networks. Uh, but it's called the Ion Network. It's actually really more of a of a show. staging platform. Yeah, it's oh, hard yeah. to describe. Whatever the case. Um, yeah, this is bogus. Bogative. <laughs> it's totally bogative. It's, it's the whole thing. Uh, Ron Paul was on CNN this morning. But this, by the way, proves that the right wing 
I mean, the fact that Ron Paul is more of a right winger technically than any of these right wingers who are all big government Republicans that want to just expand government. That's what they always do when they get in. Yeah. Big talkers, everybody, you know, they're religious, big government apes. Uh, it just proves that, the, you know, that they're the true, the true conservative of a Ron Paul nature who's for personal freedoms uh, and legalizing uh, or decriminalizing drugs, let's make that distinction, uh, they're against anything like that. They want essentially a large bureaucratic monstros- monstrosity just like the Democrats. It's just pathetic. Did you see the uh, the Huckabee presidential f- uh, forum? You know, so uh, Huckabee is doing this like, you know, they, there's like a, a, a firing squad. They get three people and then they ask the presidential candidates questions and it's like they actually attacked Ron Paul, really attacked him about the Patriot Act. Did you not see this? No. You want to hear it? I, I wish I had. Yeah. Well, yeah. Listen to this. It, 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 it blew me away, really. Congressman, good evening to you. In 1995, we lost 168 Oklahomans in a domestic terrorist attack. Uh, my assistant attorney. So this is going back, right? So now they, they, they know his weakness is what Newt Gingrich, he got hoodwinked into bringing up uh, Timothy McVeigh. And uh, so now that's what they're going to hammer him on, on Fox. General Melissa Houston is a survivor of that blast. So this guy has a personal stake because it's his sister. And it spent many years after that utilizing tools of the Patriot Act, fighting domestic terrorism. You have come out opposed to the Patriot Act based upon constitutional privacy concerns, and I, too, share some of your, con- your concerns with respect to privacy. But what substantive or thoughtful alternative do you have to the Patriot Act to prevent further acts of domestic terrorism in the future? What, what, the one thing is, is that you say your goal is preventing all crimes and all, all criminal acts. I mean, you destroy liberty by doing that. But the Patriot Act, uh, if it would have been called the repeal of the Fourth Amendment, it wouldn't have passed. That's essentially <laughs> what that does. So that's way too much sacrifice of, of liberty. But, uh, you, you know, there are laws in the books for, for violent acts. But if you think you can pass enough laws to prevent all crimes and all acts of violence, just think of the acts of violence occur in our households. You know, uh, uh, accidents, are you going to put cameras in every household or, yes. or whatever? Yes. So yes. there are enough. I don't think it's a lack of laws that is our problem. So, Congressman, you don't believe that there needs to be a comprehensive law at the federal level equipping law enforcement to prevent domestic terrorism in this country? Listen to this. This is, this is unbelievable. Like, how can these people actually believe this crap? I, I don't believe we need a comprehensive law at the federal level. I believe we need state laws against violence. Uh, the uh, the one law that we do have at a national level that uh, we totally ignore, and that is that uh, uh, terrorism is a crime and it's not a war. And yet we have drifted off to being called this is a war on terrorism and it's a justification to pursue war, uh, not only around the, around the world, but even domestically. So I would say it's a crime. But the Constitution, I think, is very clear. There's nothing in our Constitution that says that violent acts should be a prerogative of the government. They didn't offer a national police force. I mean, uh, <laughs> even today, I mean, if you're talking about uh, criminal acts of violence, murder, manslaughter, uh, uh, robbery, that's all the state. Okay, John, so now you and I are in the control room. We're in the booth. We have the IFB. We can talk to the host. We can talk to the, the questioners. 
Uh, Ron Paul clearly making too much sense. What do we do? What uh, we've got to uh, we've we got to cut him off. Go to a commercial. Go no, to a break. No, no. We, we only have one card we can play. Man, what are we going to pull out? Come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, I don't know. You, you, you know what to do. Come on, John. Yeah, you know what I to do. Is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off the light. Turn on the fire alarm. That would. That's <laughs> what I do. of law enforcement. No, we, we have already a hundred thousand federal bureaucrats. Carrying guns, we don't need any more federal policemen. And uh, I, I think that uh, the problem isn't a lack of federal laws and federal policemen. Congressman, what would you call the attacks right around the corner on the Twin Towers? There you go. And- Bring on 9/11. Stupid idiot. I don't know who that woman was, but oh, do you not call that terror? New York City. What would you call those? Well, that's an act of violence. And it's a Is that an act of terrorism, Congressman? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's, she knows so well, doesn't she? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they're out there. They, 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 Fox hates Ron Paul. Yeah. People who are big Fox supporters and they think that they're getting some sort of a, a fair good, and balanced a deal. anything. Or just, <laughs> should just take a look at their treatment of Ron Paul from O'Reilly who's just a Ron Paul hater to uh, every one of them. I can't think of one person on, uh, I think Napolitano does with some pro Ron Paul stuff. And every time he does, they put him on hiatus. (laughs) It's like, uh, we've moved your time slot to 2 a.m. No, no, they they put in a substitute. I've seen this happen two or three times. (laughs) Hey, man, you're going over the edge again. I I think you need to take your meds and go on a little vacation. Don't worry, we'll bring in someone to take care it's of it. It's all paid. It's yeah. all paid. Yeah, it's all it's all good, man. It's all good. Then Don't we have all it. these other guys. Uh, I mean, Lou Dobbs is now working for Fox, and he's like now kisses the government's behind. You can play this clip. The, this was there's a guy who was floating around who uh, had a bumper sticker says Obama's got to go, and so they, apparently they busted this guy for threatening the life of the president, and. Uh, the guy talks about how, you know, the Secret Service, everybody talked to him. But listen to how Lou Dobbs just goes on for no apparent reason about how great these government workers are. Right. And, and the uh, Secret Service folks were cordial and, uh, uh, in all respects? Oh, yes, sir. Very professional. Very. <laughs> as, as I'm used to when, when dealing with somebody that's been trained and properly trained. Well, Secret Service is a, a, a terrific outfit. I, <laughs> I, I've never met an agent in the Secret Service who... Who was not professional in every regard? <laughs> really? What? What's he talking? What, what does why he know is, about? Why is this? What is, is, he, is, is he hanging out at the bar? Is he hanging out at the bar with the Secret Service or something? I have or? no idea why he's kissing their butts like this on on the television. Maybe they give him inside information. You know who knows? I don't know. You want to hear about what happened to this guy? Play bad bumper sticker. This guy says he runs a construction company. He says he's not hiring anybody until Obama goes. And he had this bumper sticker that says Obama's got to go. And so all hell broke loose. Um, from, my, from my understanding, it, it evolved from I was turned into the FBI, and then the FBI uh, handed it over to Department of Homeland Security. And then they handed it to Secret Service, and Secret Service came and visited my house, and we had a long conversation. And um, I give them a voluntary search of my premises. I also uh, brought up my Facebook page, and they um, they took a look over it and uh, decided that uh, it was somewhat a waste of their time that I that I wasn't uh, putting it out there that I meant Mr. Obama or President Obama any harm. That's very interesting. So you have a bumper sticker, and the, and that then you're deemed as a threat against uh, the president. Yeah, if you have an anti-Obama bumper sticker, wow, uh, 
it could. He said that he could have reworded it, but I, the, it wasn't very. What did he say? It's. I can't remember, but it was very mild. It was like no more something about no more jobs and, and Obama's got to go kind of thing. Oh, go. Yeah. Yeah. Go. That would be the operative word there. You can't say go. Well, you know, it was, it was, it was, a, I wish I'd written it down, but it wasn't, it was dumb. It was like, oh, you know, this, it's the kind of thing you'd run into in Montana, you know, all the time, you know, oust the president, you know. Yeah, in be, fact, my, I'm looking at the chat room in Montana. Get, I think it says get until we get rid of Obama. Oh, no, that would be it. Oh, you can't say that, man. You can't say that. Can't say get rid of. In Montana, they have impeach Obama bumper stickers, but that's okay, I guess. Yeah, impeach should be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can't say get rid of or got to go or anything well, like we're that. We're still it's waiting a threat. for threat. Yeah. We're still what, what kind of an you know, you got is a it's a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Whatever the case, this is all part of the Patriot Act and everything in between. But yeah, no, there's a Ron Paul thing. I hope that the people of Iowa, you know, wake up and just as a if for even if you don't like the guy, just vote him in because it's just this is this is so lopsided. This coverage is so skewed, bigoted. And and fake. It's just it's really annoying. I think the New Hampshire uh, uh, voters will, might give him the the nod because they they see through all this stuff because they have meetings just like the Iowa people do. Oh, Ron Once Paul's you get got out an of army. the states that have these meetings where people actually talk about yeah. things, then he's done. Well, he's got an army. You know, a very uh, he's got nut jobs, an army, uh, army of army. nut jobs. You hear it? You, you watch. You're going to hear this more and more. Ron Paul's army. Yeah. It can't just be Americans who want something different. It's an army. Yeah, it's not. Uh, fu- you know, the funny thing about Ron Paul and his thesis is that in today's New York Times front page right, the front page left was the distraction to defiant Kane suspends his bid for presidency. But today's New York Times, Sunday Times, right, top story, DEA launders Mexican profits of drug cartels. Undercover U.S. agents. Agency follows money, denying similarity to gun gun operation. Mm. The story goes on and on, and now it turns out that the DEA uh, apparently is the number one drug laundering operation in the world. (laughs) Duh. Duh. That's so they're the number one money launderers, and they claim that it's well, it's not the same as the guns because money laundering doesn't kill people. These guys are just this is the this is the problem with this war on drugs and the and the whole thing, this bureaucracy, the DEA. It's set up, the, it's set up to actually smuggle drugs, man. Come on, the whole thing is it's a scam. And this, uh, there's a, there's actually a discussion of that too. Yeah. Well, December eighth, the, the fact that these these Fox, all the news outlets can't see through this. And condemn oh, the whole thing oh, is beyond oh, me. Oh, can't see or won't. See. And they're all on coke. Half these people. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's it. Hey, hey, man, don't report on that. You don't want my, my shit to dry up, dude. Don't do that. Um, December eighth, uh, U.S. Attorney Holder uh, will have to testify again. And uh, the word on the street is that this is going to be the, that. There's going to be some fireworks, and that all the cover up is going to. You know, he'll, he, he's going to buckle. He's going to have to resign. December 8th? December 8th, yes, yeah, C-SPAN. Mark it now. Thursday. Yeah. We'd be doing our show. Um, yeah, well, we I got the DVR. Is there anything in the New York Times about Syria, John? No. Nothing Front at page. all? Nothing? Nothing. No, the CIA still got Syria on the outs. Well, because... Here's a, one, two, three. Nope, nothing on the front page. Because uh, I, there is a, a little sign for Reed Zakaria, who, of course, is a total asset. 
you know, he has he. he yeah, he's an asset for MI6. He's not an American. Well, but he goes drinking with the president. He only well, has his so, secret meetings. Well, that I wonder about. Okay, well, then it makes sense that MI6 asset. He says here in his most recent uh, blog, um, Assad leads a minority regime that has been able to stay in power by bribing key members of the Sunni elite in both business community and the military. At the end of the day, the game becomes much more difficult to play once the money runs out. For this reason, I think we are now seeing the beginning of the end of Assad's rule. It may still take a year to run its course... There's the key, but I now think... They can't get us on board. Whoops, here we go. <laughs> we I, got one story on page 16, lower. Mm-hmm. Below the, the fold. Low, low cor- the bottom corner. Uh-huh. 15 are killed as Syrian forces and army defectors clash. Okay. so It's, an, it's so. a very short uh, article. Looks like it's about 250 words. Not, no good. And it just uh, not, doesn't no say good. much. No, no good. No good. It's, no, it's I, no good. It's not time yet. It's not time. Big scandal over in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Extremely funny. So we have the uh, the Dutch version of ASCAP BMI, which is called Buma Stemra. And, uh, and, you know, we, I think you and I inherently know all of these organizations are corrupt and they steal money and, they, you know, they hold money back. And they're supposed to be protecting the artists, but they don't really. No, and they never get protected. No. So there's an anti-piracy group who are really uh, aggressive in Holland called Brein, B-R-E-I-N, uh, also, which means brain. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been suing people and they've been throwing people in jail, or getting people thrown in jail and all kinds of stuff like this. Hello, love. Um, so they have a, uh, so they're an organization, uh, and they have a, uh, a little, uh, video leader that they put on every single DVD, uh, that is released in the country. You know, it's one of these, you know, don't copyright, brr, right? Uh, which we, you would see from, uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the American movie, uh, the, what, what is it called here in the States? I don't know what hey, you know the, the the movie is the come on help me out the movie association like the ASCAP MPAA yeah that, those guys yeah MPA so um, what turns out is they used a piece of music without permission from some guy who has been fighting since 2007 to get paid because they you know when when the Harry Potter DVD is released in Gitmo Lowlands that thing is on it with his music so he has an actual physical distribution right and and a right to a royalty so this guy's been trying to get paid by uh, the the Dutch ASCAP BMI and then they've just been giving him a runaround and then one of the members of the board calls him up the members of the board of the ASCAP BMI in Holland and says here and they had they recorded this this is the great thing they recorded the guy saying it says well look uh, I've got a publishing company and uh, I'll tell you what if you sign with me uh, then I'll make sure it gets on the uh, on the meeting notes at the next board meeting. And anything I get, I take uh, a third. Wow! <laughs> it's like complete. It's like wow! Can you believe this is going on? And of course, it doesn't make mainstream news anywhere. Please. Yeah. And uh, now the guy is he's on vacation now. He's like, oh no, I can't make the next board meeting. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's what that's what it's like. That's how it works. I'm yeah, sh- right. It's, it's it's bad. I'm sure the same thing is happening everywhere. It's just that they caught this guy and they actually got it on that tape. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's why everything you sh- all your phone calls should be t- taped. They actually did it in a radio studio. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, like the guy. Boy, your your phone sounds really good. <laughs> wow. That guy's an a-hole. Anyway, there's a whole story about it. You should read it in the show notes. 362.nashownotes.com. So I'm wondering if, uh, you know, you had your meet, you're, you're floating around on the Hot Pockets Tour 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you ran into some secret uh, service guys. Uh, Several. Probably a couple of Lou Dobbs' buddies, I guess. <laughs> They're so kind. <laughs> who told you that uh, they, there's, they, there's, stuff, there's stuff on Hillary that will prevent her from, you know, even thinking of running for president. Right, right. Do you think it's possible that, uh, that the Hillary camp knows this and their whole job over the last year while she's floating around the world that as as operatives for her to, is to is to find all these leaks and and quash them and put them in stuff them in the closet and do everything you can uh, and the reason i'm suggesting that is because of this this just bubbling on the surface of the possibility that hillary is going to replace biden has come up again oh boy it's come up again, and of course, that's just a lead in for her to take over the whole job, you know, because if, if Obama decides to quit. But but play this very bogative story on approval rating. It's called approval rating BS. And it, it when we're watching it here, we're going or saying to ourselves, does, does Hillary actually have an approval rating? And does Bill Clinton have an approval rating? And does the Secretary of the Treasury have an approval rating? If so, where are these things and who's doing them and why? To it, lost in the Great Recession. The president appeared with the former president, Bill Clinton, today, a very popular man whose help he may need to win over the independence and re-election. CNN political analyst David Gergen came out front and he says another Clinton may actually be the key to re-election. Hillary... Gergen says there's talk about Hillary joining the ticket next year. Her current approval rating is higher than that of her husband. This was, um, I, I think it's just made up, first of all. There is something called a Q rating. Uh, there's a company that calls that does no, that. No, 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 this can't be that. The Q rating is not the same as an approval rating under any circumstance. That's just a, notori- a notoriety rating. I don't think that's what they're talking no, about. Are you, question- are you saying that they're making this up, John? Well, I mean that. Yeah, and this is your buddy Erin Burnett, by the way. Uh, this is her report, and now she could have also made the mis- she may have made a mistake because I don't think she's very good at this show that she does. Um, I think no. she's in over her head. Oh, to be it's, honest, she, about it's it. completely bogative. And so she said that her that Hillary's rating is higher than her husband's. I think she meant Obama. No. Oh. Well, it, 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 I don't think her rating is higher than Bill. Bill has a great rating. Well, if you listen to the end of that Fox report I played earlier, uh, they've got an approval rating, too. Here, just listen to the end again. The state we've polled thus far. Listen. Is he inconsequential? Far from it. This race is fun. Isn't it? You never know what's going to happen from day to day. It's really been a roller coaster ride. It's been fun. You put out a similar statement when I couldn't go to your Christmas party last year. Yes. Clown-like, clown-like. Yes. Your ratings are inconsequential right. to me. Yeah. Your poll numbers are always better than mine. <laughs> yes. See, everyone has them. We don't have We need poll numbers. We, we need some polls. We need some <laughs> approval ratings. <We>, yeah. <laughs> The podcast approval ratings. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so there's some. So this is starting to bubble, and with the fact that Burnett would have it, it seems a, to me to plant. be a, a yeah a plant, a plant, and uh, not only that, but what was weird about the clip was they showed Obama with with Bill, 
who looks like he's going to drop dead. He looks so. I mean, yeah, he, he does really look bad. looks bad. Yeah, he needs to go to Haiti and rest a little while. He just doesn't look beach. good. I mean, it looks like they're poisoning him actually. Ooh. And um, and then they showed Hillary, and it wasn't like a recent picture of Hillary in Miramar or any Did place you, like well, that. It was one of her Paris shots, and she had the glamour, the most glamorous hairdo I've ever seen her wear. Oh yeah, which was not what she had in Miramar, and. Two things about that. On the last show, you said, hey, she needs, she needs to get to Paris. And lo and behold, uh, I think Reuters, or was it AP? Let me just check here. Came out with a report that literally said, it was, yeah, Reuters. What not to wear in Myanmar? Clinton's Burma Road. And then it goes in this whole thing about her fashion. It's like, it wasn't exactly Nixon in China, but Hillary Clinton's visit to Myanmar this week uh, had that slight touch of the surreal that sometimes marks the beginning of unexpected diplomatic change. And then it talks about the color coordination. Uh, the protocol is do not wear white and pink, rust and saffron discouraged. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, she came out and she was wearing a pastel pink blazer. But did you see her? I thought it was a bright blue pastel. No, that, that that's after she got off the plane. Then she wore the blue pastel with her hair all tied back, which would just look horrible. Yeah, just she horrible. Needs to get back to Paris. But did you see her and uh, Suki hugging? Well, I just and, saw them standing there. But oh, I didn't. you didn't see them hugging and kissing? Oh no, no, I didn't see the hugging and kissing. Oh, it was like get a room, you two. Like, you know, uh -huh. they, oh, yeah, they're holding hands and they're hugging and kissing three, four times and looking deep into each other's eyes. Uh, huh. uh, yeah, it was, it, you know, you stumbled onto something, my friend. Remember, <laughs> yeah. Remember, she said that she, her after her secretary of statehood, she wants to go work on women and girls around the world. I think, <laughs> I think she's getting a head start, a little jump there. Yeah. I mean, it's in the show notes. You should take a look at it. It's really it's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, but 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 like um, sisters, but then kind. Of, it was sexual. I, I saw sparks. Well, you know, why not? Yeah, That's especially okay. if the Hillary's gotten all the uh, all that all the skeletons eliminated from the closet. Well, you know, which who, who make her choose if she starts making a move right now. Yeah. Uh, Tori Obama's job, which will start with her being bumping off, uh, not bumping off, but eliminating <laughs> from the ticket uh, by O'Biden, yeah. who would be glad to get, you know, he's he's got his, he's, he's all set, he's set to go. Yeah, he's he tired. Yeah, he has other and stuff he, to do. He's pooped. <laughs> he's and, pooped. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and he can, be, you know, step aside. She can put herself in that position and then just before the... Uh, I don't think she'll ever take second spot, John. That's no, she won't, but she's going to put herself in that position so she can bump Obama out. In other words, just before the election, months ahead, when Obama has to go, uh, you know, take care of the family, there'll be some family matters, or he wants to spend more time, or he's sick of the job, or something bad happened, or maybe the, there's some scandal. Who knows? Could it be hell? I mean, we're, we're sticking with the theory. I mean, he may run again. Uh, if he does, I really do agree that Hillary is unlikely to be, you know, put up with being vice president, but we'll see. It's getting interesting, let's put it that way. For us, it is. Yeah. Well, and, not, and nothing we have predicted has fallen off the track, anything, nothing important yet. No. Well, no, but I, 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 I will hold on to the prediction. I still think he, he will quit, but. And, and here's another one that keeps cropping up in the front page of Sunday Style, a huge picture of of an egg being cracked open with the head of and upper torso of 
Chelsea Clinton popping out of it. This is a <laughs> wait whole- a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me, I hope that's online. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. There's an egg cracking and Chelsea Clinton is popping out of it? Yes. Really? Living up to the family name. Huge 72-point headline. A job with NBC is the latest step in Chelsea Clinton's gradual coming out as a public figure, one who seems to finally accept her celebrity. Oh, the, the, the online version does not. Oh, yeah, it does. There it is. <laughs> That's hilarious. She got she like the little egg pop out. <laughs> what, what, is the, what is the symbolism of that egg? She's also on the board. This is interesting. In the past 12 months, she's joined the board. How does she become a board member? She's just some recent college grad. Obviously, because of corruption. Oh, Barry Diller's uh, IAC Interactive Corp. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, you know what? Here you go. Do you know what her next move is? I can tell you. Okay. Her her next move is Chelsea Clinton Jewelry on the Home Shopping Network. (laughs) Isn't that Diller's oh. company? Doesn't he own that? Doesn't he own yeah, that? Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. QVC. Yeah, she wouldn't QVC. do it because it would be. She's not taking it. She has to be taken seriously. They're going to push her as a. Oh, listen, listen to this. Taking an incre- oh, oh my goodness. Taking an increasing public role with the Clinton Global Initiative, presented an award to her mother at Diane von Furstenberg's International Women's Day event, and hosted her father's 65th birthday event at a Hollywood benefit for the Clinton Foundation with fellow guests Lady Gaga and Bono. She's even started a Facebook page. Oh my goodness. Let's go look at her Facebook page. Hello from London. Hello from London. Tonight I'm attending an At Millennium Network reception co-hosted by Chris Engslov, Sarah Latham, and Virginia Rustique Patini. The Millennium Network invites, oh, this is a, one of those Clinton things, invites younger leaders across different sectors, including business philanthropy, to get involved in the work of the Clinton Foundation, which includes improving health systems in the developing world, combating HIV, AIDS, etc., etc., etc. This is just, it's a PR thing. Which you should put like, a, like cool pictures on there. You know, like of her naked in the bathroom, we take it in the mirror. Like all the kids do on oh, the yeah, Facebook. Oh, yeah, holding the camera. <laughs> yeah, like all the kids do on the Facebook. All the kids. Oh, these pictures. of She does have pictures. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. She needs to learn how to do the pout, the Facebook pout. Someone needs to what, teach The duck us. lips? The duck lips. Oh, yeah. This is not good, what I'm seeing here. These are not flattering pictures. Let's see. Here's one with her mom. No, wait. That's with Lady Gaga. Her mom and Lady Gaga no, no. look the same? No. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, have you ever seen him in the same picture? Seriously? <laughs> and there she is with Bill. Uh, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is very, very sad. Her, her profile picture looks good, I have to say. It's a good profile picture, but then you look at the one with her and... She needs to get her, her act together. She needs a publicist oh, who will not allow these sorts of photos, and she have a professional photographer at her beck and call, yep. and very and on every continent. Bring the guy in; he's the superstar. Let him yep. take the photos, and then yep. use those. And he he kn- he'll know how to make them look like snapshots, she but should, they'll only be flattering. She should get Annie Leibovitz. Yeah, Leibovitz oh, yeah. do it. Yeah. So she, this is a picture of her and Vanessa Angelica. I don't know who that is. Some. Oh, this picture is just, she looks like a pumpkin face carve out. That's what her head looks like. Uh, this is not, no, they got to get their act together and if they're going to pull this and off. She's got a gut and her gut's hanging over her she's belt. She's got a gut? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of young to have a gut. 
Anyway, so our prediction was that she will run for something, and you know, well, here she is. You know, the the, the legacy uh, or the dynasty has to continue. You know, this is this is how these families work. Jeb Bush, we haven't heard from him lately either. I, I'm still expecting him to pop up at any moment. You think yeah. that's possible? Yeah, something's well, he'll pop up, but there's not. He's not going anywhere, and he knows it, so he's not really caring that much. Mm. Uh, anyway, John, we are about to celebrate uh, a very, 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 very big and very important event. And uh, we, uh, as always, when there's an important event, uh, we have a jingle. The Euro. <laughs> I don't know how long we'll be able to use the jingle. <laughs> Thanks to Paul, the book guy, for putting that together. So the Euro. <laughs> the Euro. So, you know, I, I look at all these uh, EU websites, and it's hilarious because it's re- they put a lot of information out in all different languages. They must have thousands of people working on these sites. And, of course, the Euro celebrates its 10th anniversary uh, in January of 2012. So while the whole thing is coming apart at the seams, literally just falling apart, you know, like, of course, you know, no one sends a memo like, hey, man, we, we should kind of roll back the celebration thing because, like, it ain't doing too well. And people might see that as kind of dumb. Uh, and, you know, so uh, 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 what's on the calendar? Uh, uh, Heinz, I think it's time to make uh, the Euro Tenta celebration video, which is a great video. It's really put together well. You know, it's beautiful animation. I've chopped it down to a couple of minutes. It's like 10 minutes long. Uh, but there's a couple of very interesting pieces of information in this. Bombastic music. Bum, bum, bum. Europe is more than just a place on the map. Yes. With its common heritage and history, shared values and achievements, Europe builds bridges and inspires hope. <laughs> what shared values? What shared achievements? <laughs> and hope. <laughs> no. What shared hope? This is a group of people that have been fighting with each other since time immemorial. Since, the, since Charlemagne. <laughs> it gets so much better. Enables its people to look to the future with confidence. Confidence. Look to the future with confidence. Have you seen Athens by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> One advantage is that there is no need to exchange money when traveling within the euro. So this is all about, you know, how great it is. This is how it was sold in uh, in 2002. It's like, it's only good. It's, you can travel without exchanging your money. It's so awesome. We need to do this. Area. Indeed, irrespective of which country issues the banknotes and coins, they can be used in any of the euro area countries. And... Having the same currency makes it easy to compare prices from one country to another. Or to see how, how you're paying, you're getting nothing in your paycheck from one country to another. It's very easy. Now let's bring out uh, Draghi, the um, uh, chief of the European Central Bank. Over the past decade. The- decade. I like it when they say decade. Don't you like it? Because it sounds like it's decayed down to nothing. A single currency has become a symbol of integration and cooperation. <laughs> and the euro banknotes and coins have become part of our daily lives. 
Despite the challenges currently faced by Europe, as well as the rest of the world, the people of the euro area can rest assured that the European Central Bank will remain faithful to its mandate of maintaining price stability. <laughs> really? Which means not bailing anybody out. That's how you're going to do your price stability, uh, Draghi? Now comes the whole bit about counterfeit and some interesting information, and it's what they not show that kind of struck me. The 10th anniversary of the euro banknotes and coins also marks the end of the exchange period for the old national banknotes. Now, this is something I didn't know. Apparently, you can still um, take your old banknotes from, I think it's Finland, Greece, and Italy, interestingly enough, and still exchange them, but the, but these deadlines are expiring. Of yeah, I think the French franc, too. Yeah, the franc as well, you're right. France, Greece, and Italy. So if you still have some, you should exchange them before the 17th of February, 2012, at the Banque de France. The 28th of February at the Banca d'Italia. The 29th of February at the Bank of Finland and the 1st of March at the Bank of Greece. Do you think there's anything going on with that? Because it just struck me as odd. Well, I've got a bunch of old French francs, and I knew that they were going to expire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been trying to get them off the, you know, I, I'll probably keep the smaller uh, denominations as collectibles. Sure. But, um, but I don't th- think that's unusual. No, you don't think there's any... In I mean, fact, they did the same thing. The English pounds are even weirder because there's old pounds and new pounds, and, they, and they, they look exactly identical, except for the fact that there's a little logo on the uh, note itself. I think it says E, just a couple of letters. Uh-huh. And if, it doesn't, if you don't have that logo on there, you can't use the bill. And when I went over there and I had one of these old English pounds, it looks just like any other one. They say, oh, you can't use this. It's no good. You got to go to the bank. And I, what? So uh, they they just want to, just some sort of uh, you don't think normalization the colla- you don't of the think currency the, or something. You don't on. think the collapse of the euro will, uh, or, you know, has anything to do with the well, timing I think the of collapse this. of the euro will make this whole thing more fun- funnier. And maybe these other things are going to be really valuable if you don't cash them in. I don't know. So there's a very interesting movement afoot. Um, hail the foot. Now listen to the, the, now they go into the counterfeit thing and how secure these notes are. But you know, listen. Like other international currencies, the euro has become a target for counterfeiters. Uh But with more than 14 billion genuine euro banknotes in circulation, the chance of receiving a counterfeit note is extremely low. And their security features make them difficult to counterfeit. So they're showing the euro the f- system experts. They're showing the five euro note, the ten euro note. Counterfeit banknotes. Additionally, the ECB and the national central banks of the euro system strive to keep up with the latest technological developments in order to maintain the very high quality of euro bank. And by the way, where they're talking about all this counterfeiting, they're actually showing the printing presses running counterfeit euros, which is <laughs> because, of course, they're just printing it up. You know, uh, I find this interesting more than the other thing, because uh, why would you... We don't brag about the fact that, you know, we're, I mean, they're always fighting counterfeit fitters, but I would never think it would be in some sort of in the celebratory uh, video. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds to me as though there's an awful lot of counterfeit bills out there. I think that, well, here's what I've uncovered. There is a movement and there is a theory 
a conspiracy of one. The 500 euro note. Now, if you go to Europe and you, and you can say to anyone, do you have a 500 euro note? No one will have one. But there's, I think, 300 billion euros, some number like this, in 500 euro note denominations out there in circulation. And what some are saying is that the uh, European Central Bank will basically call them null and void and say, look, the only people who use these 500 euro notes are criminals. So we're just going to, you know, you can't use them anymore. It's done with. It's all over. And then they can actually uh, take that 300 billion euros and put it back on their balance sheet. Because it's, it's, it's just a reserve note, right? It's, it's, it's not, you know, they just say, oh, we've canceled that. Then they can take that $300 billion and put it right there on their, uh, on their sheet as an asset. Well, I mean, if they actually think they could pull that off. I've, there's talk of it. And maybe this is part of it by saying, well, you know, counterfeiters, criminals, all the, And they never show the 500 or the 250 or the 100 euro note in this entire video, except at the very, very end, they have a fan, you know, like, and they fan out all the euro notes. But while, you know, you got the girl shopping, you've got her in the restaurant, they're showing five, 10, 20s, uh, and a 50. And that's it. They don't go above that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is a movement about this, this 500 euro note thing. Just just say, hey, you know, it's only criminals anyway. So let's just uh, call it a day and uh, and uh, we'll just say we'll just put that back on the balance sheet, which is kind of the missing piece that they need for the the European Central Bank bazooka. Well, I would definitely uh, help 300 billion dollars is nothing to sneeze at, which is, uh, you know, now we we learn, you know, as a part of the Lisbon Treaty Charter. Uh, the European Central Bank uh, can't actually uh, help towards, in in contrast to what Draghi just said there, can't help with the stability of the euro because they are not allowed to bail out banks and just print up money that way. So now we learn that the central banks, uh, foremost, the Federal Reserve, are going to print up money and lend it to the International Monetary Fund, who then will give it to the banks. Yeah, the IMF did manage to get its worm its way back into the uh, the, the 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 discussion. Well, that's, but, that, but that's crazy. Easy. We're we are we're going to be on the hook for money the Federal Reserve prints, gives it to the IMF, and then they give it to the banks. Yeah, that, that's not okay. Well, the IMF usually gets the money back. <laughs> yeah. Or they get islands and ships. Yeah, well, they get cool it back. Yeah, they get cool, assets. Cool stuff. Generally yeah. at, at bargain basement prices. I, I in terms of a, kind of a, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call the IMF a criminal enterprise or racketeering, but they're uh, but if they were, they they're they're good at it. Whitewashing at at the very least. Angela Merkel. Uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, listen to one minute of Angela, what she's saying. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel has told the country's parliament, the Bundestag, that there's a need for more fiscal union in the Eurozone. She said EU treaty changes would be needed to introduce yeah. greater European powers. <laughs> yeah, like uh, send all your taxes to Brussels. But dismissed criticism that Germany wanted to dominate Europe as misleading. No. And she warned that... She looks like... Um, who is the... In... Uh, in um, Deep Space Nine. Who is the guy? Who is the the alien kind of dude that Quark? Quark, you know, with the big head, who's always doing all the trading and stuff. You One know of the Ferengi. Yeah, she looks yeah. Like a Ferengi. She is looks, that what you're saying? Yes, yeah, she looks like Quark. 
<laughs> with her hair, she, if, if you molded the hair into the head, she looks just like the Ferengi, like Quark. Saving the euro would take years. The government's always made clear that the European crisis cannot be solved in one fell swoop uh -huh. overnight. Oh. There's no such thing as the one fell swoop solution here. Oh. There are no easy and fast solutions, especially not, as some people insist on saying ahead of every summit, one last push. The Chancellor said the ECB could not intervene like national central banks and again rejected the use of eurobonds or any other collective guarantee of individual government's debts. Whoever still hasn't understood that eurobonds are no means of rescue for the crisis has not understood the essential nature of this crisis. Merkel called for sanctions for countries that failed to respect fiscal rules. On Monday, she's to meet President Sarkozy, who said yesterday that Europe had to be refounded with France and Germany at its heart to <laughs> yeah. ensure stability. Yeah, yeah, that's worked out historically. <laughs> that, that's a good idea. Get the French and the Germans, they'll run the place. That's, that'll be great. Oh, my goodness. Ah, it's fun. It's fun to watch. You know, what, is, what will the world actually look like when this all comes tumbling down, John? What, I mean, is it going to be like previous depressions? Is it going to or is it just going to be everyone's still going to have TV and we're all going to be kind of like happy and distracted? I mean, what is it going to be like? Well, that's a good question, but I can say that I know what it's going to be like afterwards. It's going to look like the old map of Europe. That wasn't a good question. It was just, a, it was, it was not a good question. Really? <laughs> I thought that was a good question. Play pet peeve. <laughs> I got you. Oh, crap. Hey, you, you, uh... And this whole business about ignoring what's going on, what are the, what are the legal implications? If I know somebody's harming a child... Uh I have a responsibility morally. How about legally? Uh, exactly. It's a great question. <laughs> it's not a great question. <laughs> go, 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 John. Go. It's, not, it's a not a great question. He actually made a statement, and it wasn't a question at all. It's ridiculous that she would say this. <laughs> Keep going. Don't stop. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. <laughs> Did you see uh, the New York Times interview with Sandusky, Pedo Bear, Numero Uno? You know, I, I've given up on this clown. I mean, it's like uh, this guy, if they gave him a four-hour interview, it was the L.A. Times that did it. No, New York Times. No, I no, thought no. it was the L.A. No, it's New, well, no, New York Times. The New York Times published, well, I, don't, I mean, it's on Whatever the New York the Times. Case, yeah. He talked for four hours and yacked away, and he's just apparently is in it. Like has the he's really essentially eleven years old in his brain and an idiot. Well, here's the only eighteen seconds that matter. If I say no, I'm not attracted to boys. That's not the truth because <laughs> I'm attracted to young people, boys, <laughs> girls. <laughs> right, I enjoy. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I enjoy uh, 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 boys, girls, doesn't matter yeah. as long as they're yeah. under 12. Uh, pedo bears. That's disgusting. That's so <laughs> wrong, man. That guy's so dumb. Yeah. He's insane. It's obvious. He's insane. Yeah, well. Uh, uh. Too, many, uh, too many hits, too many concussions. So uh, where were we? You were saying something, and I said that was a good quote. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Europe. All that happens is they have these shakeouts, and the next thing you know, they've redrawn the uh, borders. 
And then, then maybe Alsace will go back to Germany and, you know, the Savoie will be owned by somebody else and the Italian lines will be moved and they'll put the board. I mean, I don't see how this is going to work out. It's, 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 this is just a way. But when's it going to fall apart? I'm predicting that January is going to be the beginning of the end. Uh, UBS Warburg, big bank, uh, had a... Had a an interview or slash op-ed in the Wall Street Journal and the end of the article, Steck actually sent this to us. It says, quote, no modern fiat currency monetary unions have broken up without some form of author- authoritarian or military government or civil war. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so who's it going to be? Who's going to fight who? Well, the French and the Germans are the ones that always end up fighting in the end. But if you remember the way World War One started, it was uh, yeah, know, some well, prince yeah, was, was assassinated and then uh, it snowballed. And the next thing you know, people started taking sides because they had too much pride not to. And the, it was just a fiasco. And then it, de- it devolved into trench warfare in France. The French always end up taking a, the brunt of this. And... Uh, it's got to be. Why would it be any different? I mean, I don't know how it would, what form this would take. Well, first of all, there's not going to be a trench war. We know that. It's going to be a drone, yeah, no, drone there war. There wasn't one in World War II either, but World War II was a bombing war. Right, they were now, bombing the crap out of everything. Won't we have a, a drone war this time around? It could be a drone war. That would be kind of interesting. Yeah, That's pretty advanced, though. I think a drone war is a few years off. <laughs> I think it's going to start with... Uh, I, for, first of all, the war won't start until 2020 that would be based on oh, really? the uh, oh. cycle of wars oh, okay oh so we're good for a while but the but the the antagonism would start to build because you just can't as of today the french and the germans do not feel like going to war with each other they you know they're happy so it would take a good close to a decade of of bogative propaganda on either side to get them to hate each other enough I, that know, they would actually start to kill each other. You know, I, I'm kind of disagreeing because I feel the hate. The, you know, so there's a lot of hate against uh, the, the Greek, the Greeks, first of all, uh, which has been completely manufactured. You know, you get, I know people in the Netherlands. I know people in England, and they just say, yeah, these Mediterranean, the Club Med, you know, which, of course, is a, is a total derogatory term in this case. You know, they, they don't want to work, you know, bleh, bleh, bleh. you know, it's so there's hatred there, but they don't care because, you know, they're not going right. to be directly responsible. What you're responsible. saying is the hatred is already built up and yes. just needs to be redirected. Yes, exactly. I, I think it's not that easy to redirect. I think it would take a while. Hmm. And I think it's got to fall apart a little bit more than they've done. I mean, I think it's going to happen, but it's not tomorrow or the next day. I think the collapse of the euro and a depression could start, uh, you know, this next year or the year after you know, for pe- sure. People who are eating like uh, sugar beets and, uh, and wood, you know, it's not hard to redirect their anger at a certain point. Yeah, there's not enough of them yet. No, 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 not yet. But you know, if the collapse comes and you don't have like uh, euro notes uh, coming out of the ATM, you know, the people might get a little uh, PO'd. Yeah, well, I think I think Germany's going to be the bad guy again. Germany's always the bad guy. It's, it's a very successful script. It's been used over and over, and I think we should just do it again. Let's just call the Germans the bad guys again. Well, we could, you know, the French could always be. Uh, I mean, the French have produced a, a Napoleon, a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, and actually, three iterations. Yet Napoleon the first was uh, did a couple of nasty things in a row. After he got banished, he made a comeback, 
And then Napoleon III, Louis Napoleon, was uh, not quite the same, but he was a he was the one who tried to actually take over the southern part of the United States during the 1860s by setting up shop in Mexico, waiting for the American Civil War to break the country in half so the French could take the bottom part and the English could take the top part. It was an international scheme. Yeah. So there's so there's a so there's a, a tradition of this sort of thing with these countries of scheming, mm-hmm. and I don't see that ending. And it's possible, but I don't see the French remilitarizing. So uh, I would probably subscribe to the Germany becoming the bad guys again. Right. We just we just need a, a better leader. Now, Angela isn't you know she's well not, she's not going to be around for much. I mean, how long has she been in? She's to be somebody after her. Right. And it'll probably be some, you know, character who's a little more of a nutty. Right. Like have a little mustache, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a we, German with a I think mustache. We, I think we need a different meme. I don't think the mustache thing is going to go over too well. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think we've kind of seen that one. That, uh, no. No, Let that. me check the book of knowledge and see how long she's been in. Yeah, you do that. Meanwhile, since, since 2005, she's been in for... Oh, she's uh, been in, it's too long. Good, she's oh, good, past her due date. Yeah, it's yeah. September, November 22nd. Time for a new guy. Well, it, you know, time, well, we'll see. Time is right. Isn't there some uh, right-wing crazy guy in uh, in Germany that's uh, running? Oh, it's right. got to be right wing crazy. Just Google right wing crazy German. Yeah, <laughs> who's the who's the top hit? Let's see what we get. <laughs> right wing freaks out. Blah blah blah. Republicans select a crazy right wing Southern Baptist hillbilly. This is got nothing to do with German. No, that's it's, no good. In Germany, you're crazy. On, right wing. I was an asshole. Answer. I look at neo Nazi Germany from the inside. <laughs> Ex mother in law sends crazy right wing stuff to me. None of this is any. So there's good. nobody's cropping up at the top of the, okay. of the hit list. All right. Well, yeah. Ang- Angela may be very capable of growing a mustache. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Anyway, it's time once again, everybody, to play Win, Lose, or Draw. And today we want to welcome the University of Nebraska Lincoln's College of Journalism to Win, Lose, or Draw because they've got it down. We're going to give a course in drone journalism on Win, Lose, or Draw. That's right. Drone journalism, soon to be a new class to be taught at the University of Nebraska Lincoln's College of Journalism and Mass Communications. Definition of drone journalism is the use of unmanned aircraft to gather photos, video, and data for reporting. And they're going to teach you how to do this. Handy because you can have a secondary career. <laughs> it's not just... Flying if, little airplanes. Yeah, yeah if you can't get into uh, a newspaper or uh, a news outfit, then we have an alternative for you over here at the... Uh, well, this is a good find. I never spotted this one. It's good. This is uh, brought to us by um, Daniel Wheaton. You know the kid who uh, who used uh, who did his like his uh, right. He his, wrote a no agenda paper to get right. himself uh, in, into uh, college. Graduated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, and I'm like, hey, dude, you got to sign up for it. He's a master debater. <laughs> yeah, he is master debater. I've been a master debater too. Go on. Um, anyway, so uh, he said... I thought the joke is standalone without the... Nah, I didn't have to hit it, you're right. Well, there go the donations. You'll blame it all on my bad jokes. Right? Uh, speaking of such, why don't we do a very short segment on that right now, because this is the program that takes no money from commercial interests or uh, big companies, which is why we can report on anything. We don't take money from political action committees so we can call people uh, out for the way we see them. 
Uh, it is the value for value model. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. So we had a few donors, uh, including Martin Anderson in Copenhagen, $175.39. I don't know if he sent a note in, but I didn't see I one. Did, I didn't see one either. Sir Charles Jordan in Milwaukee came through. Thank you very much, Sir Charles. $123.12367. Happy birthday to Dame Carol Kruger from Sir Charles Jordan. Best Mai Tai in Milwaukee at the Foundation Tiki Bar. <laughs> so we have to go visit that. We do. Some anonymous person in Riyadh, but he says we should have my pronunciation he prefers. He says, anonymous donation from Ridia. <laughs> get it? Ridia. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. And it's a, for the greatest podcast in the universe, which is us. Patrick Gardner, uh, Davidson, Maryland, 99.99. Hello, John, John and Adam. Poor law student trying to get by. Just safe to say we're approach exam season that your show is the only thing keeping me sane. <laughs> karma came through for me on my LSAT, and I'm hoping to get some karma for my exams. Keep making up the great work. <laughs> We're not making it up. If only we were making it up. <laughs> Use your karma, my friend. Thank you. You've got karma. <laughs> You're confused. CNN makes up the news. Yeah, we don't, we don't make it up. it up. Go talk to. Uh, go talk to Aaron uh, with Burnett. Burnett about the uh, ratings, the rankings. She, of she's going to get canceled. She's really going to get canceled because you know they bring in Aaron Burnett thinking. That she'll bring in all these cool people. That's why they do it. That's why they got, you know, Pierce Morgan. From, yeah. You know, bring cool people on. But she doesn't know anybody. No, she doesn't. And she's, uh, except, you know, people that are in the foreign Council on Foreign Relations. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. And uh, so she comes in and she, and, but she doesn't carry, she doesn't have the personality to run this type of show. No. You know, it's the Aaron Burnett on the news or something. And it's just weak. She's, I mean, I she, like her. she's, she's great a, as kind of a, a kind of a, a little bit of a goofy kind of bumbling, cute she's sidekick. She's got a nice style. Very yeah. pleasant. Yeah. She's a but, sidekick. But it's not aggressive enough for that. What she's trying to do is she's too much. She's not. She's in over her head. It's the only way I can say it. And and yeah, I or she's being misdirected. She might be, have a really great idea of how to do the show. And she's not being allowed to well, do also it. the framing of her shot is not right. Have you noticed this? How yeah, the frame are really, you know, close. It's not right. It's it, you know, There's no set. There's no vibe. It's just a talking head. They're doing that all wrong. They need to call the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group so we can make some money. Yeah, they do. You know, we're not making as much money. So luckily, we do have people that have support us. We want to thank them specifically on this show. Uh, Gregory Davis in Lawton, Oklahoma, a new donor. Uh, from the Social Blend podcast here again. Oh, he says he's a new donor. Thanks for always for the awesome show and the exceptional work you both do. I would appreciate a, a shot of karma, please. I do have one question, though. Several episodes ago, you guys played a clip of Gene Simmons from Kiss, and Adam said he had a Gene Simmons story but never spilled the beans. Oh. Do you think we'll get more donations if I tell my Gene Simmons story? Well, I don't know. Is it a good story? It's, a kind, of, it? it's kind of okay. Well, tell it. So Gene Simmons uh, at MTV, he, you know, in the MTV days when I was there, he was managing bands. And, uh, you know, it's, it's notorious at MTV, and I've said this many times, is, the, you know, your video didn't really get played, like, because it was good. It was a deal. You know, if, if, we, if we wanted Michael Jackson on the Video Music Awards, then, you know, whatever Sony pushed on us, we'd play that in the so-called buzz bin, which is supposed to be this hip little thing, which, of course, only played at 2 a.m. So Gene Simmons being the... Uh, 
uh, you know, kind of the brash guy that he is, he could not get it. One of his bands played. So he burst into the music. And I used to be at the music meetings until I found out that it was a total scam. He bursts in with knee pads on, jumps up on the table and says, who do I have to blow to get my video on this network? And so who did he blow? I was smiling all the way back to the studio. Uh-huh. Autumn Lindquist in Hammond, Wisconsin. Wait, wait, wait. we got to give uh, Gregory his uh, karma. But then we give him no, some... No, no, karma, 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 karma. You've got karma. All right. Now you got your karma, Greg. Uh, Autumn Lindquist in Hammond, Wisconsin. Double nickels on the dime. Give a birthday shout out to my husband, Paul. Uh, I'd like to appreciate a shot of Carmen to my Uncle Lynn as he is ill and in the hospital. Yeah, we don't like ill or hospital. You've Here's got some karma. Karma. Charles Hickman in Grove City, Ohio. Double nickels on the dime. Been a while since the last time I've checked in, so I'm in need of a de-douching. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> do that. Off it You've goes. De-douche. Shed that skin of doucheness. He also needs a karma shot for his amazing and beautiful girlfriend, Erica, because she is living the American dream of just getting by. Oh, that's fantastic, Erica. We love that. You've got (laughs) karma. Especially your president. And he reiterates the fact that we have the best podcast in the universe. Yeah. Uh, You can play that that theme, best podcast in the universe. Yeah. Okay, never mind. AJ Tissier and uh, Normal. Normal, I say. Illinois, 5123. Not sure where I came up with the amount, but karma's always welcome. The holidays are a trying time financially and mentally. <laughs> Best <laughs> podcast in the universe! <laughs> right on cue. He needs a karma shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got karma. And you might as well roll out the karma for Barry Kroger. He needs a shot, a shot at karma for his family. Oh. Greeley, Colorado, $50. And You've got karma. And you might as well roll out a karma shot for John Goodwin, Godwin, sorry, Godwin in Sandy Hook, Virginia, if you know what I mean. 50 bucks. Karma, please, I'm up for a raise at work this week. I'm taking no chances. <laughs> That's a good policy, I'd say. You've got karma. Anonymous in Towchester, Northamshire. <laughs> Anonymous donation this time, please. You can refer to me as Paul from Gitmo East if you like. Thanks. Hi, John and Adam. As you know, I've been a regular donor for a few years now, and I'm a no agenda producer since show one. Boom. I'm having some serious surgery on Tuesday and really want to make it through to Thursday's no agenda show. <laughs> yeah. So I figured a little karma might help. Yeah, that th- would be good. Come back on Thursday, please. Wow. You've got okay. karma. Darn. Meanwhile, he makes this comment, great hair, Adam. I hope you win. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a throwback to the daily source code. Oh. Mm. Sean Pyle in Streamwood, Illinois, at 50 bucks. Hey, guys, just a reminder that vaccines make great stocking stuffers. Per a recent email from Doctors Without Borders, I know I can't wait to tiptoe down the fireplace or to the fireplace on Christmas morning and stick my head in the stocking, feeling the jolly prick of vaccine-laden <laughs> hypodermic needles jab my sticky candy cane-covered fingers. Nothing says the holidays like a possible ep- epilepsy-inducing vaccine without the possibility of legal resource against the manufacturer. <laughs> Take care. Signed, Sean. What is this uh, link that he sent? Australian journalist wins prestigious award for exposing flu vaccine scandal. Yeah, we'll put that on the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's all we got in today's miserable show. It's pretty pathetic. But we want to thank everybody who did help us to an extreme and also the people who gave lesser amounts. And there are plenty. 
but uh, not plenty enough. So um, hopefully you'll go to noagendashow.com. This is the slow time we predicted, and it is a slow day. Noagendashow.com, uh, noagendanation.com, Dvorak.org, slash NA, and channel Dvorak.com, slash NA, and uh, give us a little uh, support for the Thursday show coming up. Well, show well, not, just, not just a little support. Consider what we're doing. We're here with five hours of programming a week. Uh, even though people don't show up for the show because of the slow period, we're still here, you know, for those stragglers who are hanging out. And, you know, tell me, what are you spending on your entertainment? And what do you, yeah. what, what do you, do you sp- spend to go to a theater yeah. to watch a lousy movie? Yeah. And let's face it, a lot of movies these days are pretty lousy. You know, so we're only asking for some alms. org slash N-A. org slash N-A. It's your birthday, birthday. I'm no agenda. Sir Charles Jordan congratulates Dame Carol Kruger. Uh, Autumn Lindquist uh, congratulates husband Paul, turns 38 on the 6th. And Roll SK uh, says happy birthday to himself. He turns 32 today. Happy birthday on behalf of all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. Remember, if you're called out on a birthday every single year, you'll receive a nice birthday card signed robotically by Adam and John. It's your birthday. <laughs> Special Night Karma Request Express, Sir Rory Stone. Uh, a knight in need of some karma for his mother. My mom is getting back fused today. Did we do this one? Uh, I don't remember it. Well, in case we didn't, let's make sure we do it again. Uh, her, ba- yeah, I think we did it on the last show. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, getting her back fused will be in bed for about 10 weeks. Remember this? Just want karma for mom to encourage a speedy recovery uh, just getting by. So uh, there you go, man. Absolutely not. Well, I guess a double then. You've got yeah. karma. Now, we do everything we can for our knights because if you look at the list, it's the knights who come through with donations uh, when, the, when the going's tough, when the going's slow. And we are going to induct a new knight uh, to the No Agenda Roundtable today. See so if you can grab your blade there, John. That Hold on. Be, uh, there, you there you go. AJ TCA, step forward, please, and Neil, extend your ring finger. As we'll be slipping on an official No Agenda Night ring, the kind you can use to hit people in the mouth and leave the No Agenda logo in perfect image on the face. Because of your donations up to $1,000, we hereby pronounce the Sir AJ Tissier Night of the No Agenda Roundtable. If you come on over and sit down, we've got some hookers and blow for you. Rent Boys Chardonnay as you're choosing. Or if you want, hot pants and booze. It's all here with the rest of the nights. And at the end of today's program, we have another interview with one of our Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. As Maynard, uh, our buddy there in Down Under, Gitmo Nation Down Under, uh, interviews Sir Matthew of Melbourne uh, in our continuing series of uh, interviews with the Knights. And it's a good one. So uh, I like okay. that. I like that Maynard's doing that. that is, Maynard's a great guy. He really is. He really is an awesome guy. And he's got, a, like, a job, you know. He's got all kinds of... He, he, has, he's on, he works for Australia ABC, yeah. Australian Broadcasting. Yeah, he's got a real gig, and still he finds time to help us out. And I really like that. That's cool. Um, he probably gets material from us. Oh, yeah. No, you know that he's doing his show. It's like, hey, everybody, it's Maynard Down Under. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> you know, he's, like, completely replicating the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. So did you get this note about Fukushima? You probably went, oh, brother, and rolled your eyes, right? I went, oh, brother, and rolled my eyes. Yeah. So this guy, Jim Stone, and uh, he posted, I would completely missed this, but I love it. He is asserting, and I, I only got this uh, this morning, so I haven't had a chance to really 
dive into it, but I do, I do like the theory. He's saying that it's possible that the Fukushima reactor, and of course, I always said that this was an earthquake machine and this was not a natural occurrence. He says that it was probably an act of war and they set off a nuke uh, because, and, and, and this was indirectly related to Israel because Japan was um, creating um, uranium, was, what do you call it? Uh, what do you do with uranium? Processing uranium for Iran. Mm, it's a stretch. Yeah, he's got a lot of interesting. He, he, he talks. The, what I like is he talks about this outfit that went down there to take pictures uh, with these really crazy cameras. Let's see what the uh, let's see a camera. Here it is. Magna BSP is the name of the outfit who went down to take pictures of the reactors before this all happened. But the camera. It looks like a like some kind of laser gun. <laughs> the owl is what it's called, which he says is actually a nuclear weapon. And then he goes into all kinds of you know he has all kinds of data about the earthquake that it really wasn't a, there was no way it was a nine earthquake. Um, I'm I'm liking this theory. Yeah, you would. Yeah, well, you can scoff me for all you want, but. We know that earthquake machines exist. We have that statement. So, you know, you can't... From the United Nations. No, from our very own Secretary of Defense, Cohen. Okay. So it's not just the United Nations. It's our Secretary of Defense. He said that other countries have that. So, blah. It's called the Magna BSP Owl? Yes. Magna, it appears to be a detection company. They detect things. Yeah. They're a detection analysis company. Yeah, it's always those guys. There's a bunch of these characters. Yeah. Oh, well, do you see the, the owl? Do you see the gun? I'm not finding it. I'm on their website. Oh, brother, just opened up a PDF. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I'm doing a broadcast here. Yeah. Chewing up all my bandwidth. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad. You also wa- notice when you start opening a PDF, you can't stop it. Uh, you can't no. Say, no, 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 I don't want this. I don't want to wait no. all day for this P- PDF. No, you have to just hit the back the back button, I think. No. Oh, really? I don't, you can't stop it. It's, oh. it's, you're doomed. <laughs> doomed anyway. So I'm glad that one of our producers there brought up uh, some uh, vaccine stuff because I, this is an amazing report. Uh, and I think we need to dissect this a little bit because the World Health Organization, our buddies over there who created the, the previous fake pandemic scare, which brought in millions, tens, hundreds of millions of vaccines around the world, bought up by governments, big bonanza for the large pharmaceutical companies, and of course, killing people uh, in the process of use. And without any recourse, certainly not in the United States of Gitmo Nation. But now the Chiners are getting in on the act. And uh, the world should get ready for a new made in China product vaccines. The country's vaccine makers are gearing up to push exports in a move that should lower the cost of life saving immunizations for the world's poor and provide major competition for the big Western pharmaceutical companies. The process was given a boost earlier this year when the World Health Organization announced China's Drug Safety Authority meets international standards for vaccine regulation. Helen Yang represents the Chinese firm Sinovac. 
I believe that many companies will have high expectations now that China's FDA has passed the WHO's pre-qualification. I'm sure many companies from our sector will go to the WHO to register their products. Once our products are approved by the WHO, it will be much easier to register and export our products abroad. Sinovac had captured world attention in 2009 when it developed the first effective vaccine against swine flu in just 87 days. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Did you know this? No. The company's now testing a new vaccine for a virus that causes severe hand, foot, and mouth disease among children in Asia. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hand, foot, and mouth disease is is something that uh, cows get and sheep and horses. And now it's like now kids can get hand, foot, and mouth disease? You don't think that this whole publicity and the whole Chinese thing it has anything to do whatsoever since they're now in uh, cahoots with the WHO. The fact that the WHO is run by this Cretan uh, Margaret Chan yeah, from China. Hong Kong. China, yeah. She's the one who called that was, you know, oh, it's going to be a pandemic. She, re, you know, reused the word. And well, not only that, they, usage. They, they restated what a pandemic was. They, yeah, they, she redefined they it, it and then, yeah. then called it. Yeah. And panicked everybody. There were lines all over the place for people to get shot. Oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. Well, now now it's great. Now we're going to get our China stuff. Get your shots from China. Yeah, I'm sure the quality will be nothing but the best. So I wonder if the China companies will also uh, be indemnified. Or will you be able to sue them? You won't be able to find them if you had to sue them. They just go out <laughs> and just move down the street. Right. Uh, uh, gone. Uh, all right. Well, cool. I'll be waiting. I'm for sure that. the Chinese court system is really amenable to uh, civil lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah. Put everything in China. You don't have to worry about it. So I'm looking at this Magna BSP uh, website. Yeah. And they got this scopes, the stereoscopic passive electro optic radar, uh-huh. which is like a stick. And you put it up as the smallest stereoscopic passive electro-optic radar system in the world, which detects and recognizes targets immediately with negligible false alarms. It's a one-man radar. You, this is very interesting stuff. Well, the owl, so that's the, that's the hawk that you're looking at, the Q-hawk. No, it's the scops. Oh, okay, I'm seeing the Q-hawk. This and- is a thing that sits on the ground on a tripod. And apparently, it can see everything. Yeah, the it's owl, a little radar. The owl line of products has a virtual wall capability that enables the system to virtually seal a desired region, with or without a physical fence. The owl system. Uh, <laughs> wow, I like these guys. <laughs> the owl system is fully <laughs> passive with advanced tracking abilities and is operational day and night under all weather conditions. The system constantly processes the scanning zone, looking for changes in 3D visual- visualizations in the scenery. When a change occurs, the system estimates the intruder parameters based on user predefined filters and sounds an alarm. Yeah. This is some Israeli operation. That's my point. That's it was the it, the Israelis who went in and created the earthquake and blew it all up. They didn't create an earthquake. They created a tsunami. Oh, I got the PDF too now. Ah, uh, you're right. The only thing you can do is close the only tab. Only the Israelis try to pull that crap with a PDF. <laughs> Trying to blow up my computer with a PDF. Scops. 
2006, a system was selected to provide perimeter protection for the Ben Gurion Airport scheduled for fielding as perimeter protection for military facilities in Israel. This is the there's a news story on the passive EO radar. What is this thing? Yeah, I don't, you know. Well, you know, there's uh, some years back, a, a number of uh, Silicon Valley companies, and I think one one perfected it. And there's also a perfected uh, gyroscope on a chip. There's also radar on a chip. That's why the Fords, the more recent Fords, like the Focus, you can buy the car with radar all, you know, chips all around the thing and it'll park the car and you if you get anywhere near something it beeps at you you're getting too close and it shows you a little radar image around the perimeter of the car because these chips have become so cheap little radar chips right that uh you can use them in all kinds of different things so i guess these guys are exploiting them for military purposes but I mean, I always thought that these radar chips are going to find all kinds of uses. I mean, that's what the Mercedes has on their car mm. that'll stop the car for you, which is a big debate amongst the car makers. I've talked to them about these radar chips, and you know, the, the uh, Mercedes. If you're going to ram into a truck, the the, the car sees the truck coming it stops, and it, it stops, just slams yeah. on the brakes, and you will right. not hit. And Ford says, "Well, you know, we give you a lot of warnings, but we don't like the idea of taking because you might be maybe you want to ram the truck, maybe you want to ram the truck, right?" Uh, but so there's a, like a big debate about the, but these chips are going to start showing up in almost everything. I wonder if they're going to be expensive. Will they do, can we, will we see them? It's in, a chip. It's got to be at right. some point. It's a silicon. It's, I guess it's CMOS radar. It can't cost, I mean, with the circuitry around it to make it work, I'm sure it's not cheap, but at the same time, the chip itself can't cost more than a few bucks. Hmm. Anyway, it's interesting. Well, they're creating high output radar, so they they, they could probably warm up a, a, a portion of the ocean. <laughs> well, they got the one here is pretty. Well, I think yeah. I don't know. I don't know how these. It's now. Now I'm curious. I want to. You got to read this article. It's in the show notes. Magnet system includes a range of static panoramic sensor poles, each carrying two stereoscopic or four quadroscopic sensors, two thermal IR, and two CCD. This is just a visual thing. Mm-hmm. And then they got radar somehow hooked in with that. I don't know. Looks like a periscope to me. Whatever. Hmm. New stuff. Do they have a, a, a tab that says new stuff? No, I'm just looking at this. This is it just looks weird. Anyway. Hold on. Oh, here it is. Uh, this is his, his thing on... Uh, Weight over 1,000 pounds, the size and shape of the gun-type nuclear weapons. The reason Magna BSP gave for the odd shape, enormous weight, and giant proportions of their cameras was that they were stereoscopic. Certainly creatively called them bioscopic when you search on their, their site. Okay, uh, Type bioscopic camera into Google images. Okay. This helps marketing, I guess. It says the need for such large stereoscopic camera would be plausible at an airstrip. But he says other manufacturers have units appropriate for indoor focal lengths, which are twice the size of ordinary monocular security cameras. Depth perception going miles. Magna does not make passive radar systems, which require a large body, but the owl could accomplish. He's, he's, so he's saying that these uh, radar systems could, could do this. Bioscopic camera. Do you look at the? I'm looking, and all I get is a bunch of old stuff from the turn of the century. There's all kinds of apparently bioscopic cameras go back in time because I'm looking at a, a bioscopic camera that looks like it's from about 1890. If you hit, I just clicked on images. Right. And do you see that thing on the first one? BSP.jpg. 
which is from magnabsp.com. Look at that thing. It's like a rocket ship. I don't see, I, I've got bioscopic. Oh, wait a minute. I smelled it. Wrong. I got bioscopic. <laughs> oh, that go. thing. Holy what? crap. <laughs> okay. That thing's huge. That looks um, that looks like a Tesla coil. It doesn't look right. No. <laughs> well, they have this other word that I've never seen before. Apparently, there's a bunch of imagers. They're using imagers more than radar, so I'm wrong about that, at least with this stuff. And they have a thing called a bolometer camera. Mm. So I got to look at bolometer. I've never heard that word. Bolometer into Google. Wikipedia, I looked at Book of Knowledge, has got it. Consult the Book of Knowledge. A bolometer is a device for measuring the power of incident electromagnetic radiation via the heating of a material with a temperature-dependent electrical resistance. Mm-hmm. It was invented in 1878 by the American astronomer Samuel Langley, and where Langley was named. Uh, the name comes from the Greek and word boli, for something thrown, or bolo, as in ray of light. Huh. Well, I don't know. Hot electron bolometer creates cryogenic temperatures. Oh, operates at cryogenic temperatures. Uh, For greater sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. These guys must have a huge budget to do this sort of research. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if you're selling earthquake machines to people, you can make a couple bucks. Good stuff. Hot electron bolometer. Oh, well, <laughs> something else we need to look into. I, I just got turned on when you said that. Hey, baby, I got a hot electron bolometer here for you. <laughs> Is that a bolometer you've got in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? Here's Julian Assange as we switch gears. Embarking on the development of our new whistleblowing source protection platform. Do you have a whistleblowing source protection platform in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? We undertook a research effort to see what really is the state of the art in international surveillance systems. We pulled in these groups here to help us with that effort. And the findings are really quite remarkable. I have been working in studying this industry 10 years ago, and I have kept my eye on it since. Wait for it. But this in-depth investigation that we have performed shows it is not this relatively small, although still measured in the billions of dollars, industry it was 10 years ago. 9-11 has provided a license for European countries, for United States, Australia, Canada, South Africa, and others to develop spying systems that affect all of us. So who here has an iPhone? Who here has a Blackberry? Who here uses Gmail? Well, you're all screwed. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing stand-up now. Yeah. He's got a million of them. He'll be here all the week. <laughs> yeah, he says that there's, and of course it's true. 
He says there's so many contractors out there, and I'm just selling stuff to any any government that wants it. How you know you can go and snoop all this stuff. Have you, I'm sure you've been following that. Uh, what's the name of that company? That QIR company that everyone's been talking about there in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. You got any take on that? Not yet. No. I don't it's have not it. Not good. No, I don't have it because you know I've got. Uh, say, yeah, I was too busy with this story. Uh, so visitors to Portland are sometimes surprised to learn that it's a possible contender for the title of lewdest place in America. It has more strip clubs per head than any other city. And it's in its compact downtown sex shops are scattered amid the bookstores, coffee shops and social services. Apparently everyone's in Portland's a stripper. Cool. One of the results is that Portland has been a leader in what might be described as the small but growing industry for ethical adult entertainment. I like it. Ethical There's a adult. vegan, vegan, <laughs> vegan strip club, for example. Another owned by a cattle rancher sells stop, locally stop, sourced Stop, stop, stop. Back up. Wait a minute. A vegan strip club. What is that? That means only vegans are stripping. <laughs> is, that really, is that a pole or the stripper? I can't quite tell. <laughs> oh, God. Now, this to me is like, this is important stuff. Your stripper is gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> Honey. Eat a steak. Really, a vegan strip club. Wait, this can't be true. <laughs> Look it up. In Portland, Oregon? Yeah, but duh. Vegan strip club. I want to know the name of it. Portland. I'm going. I know somebody up there in Portland. Portland opens first vegan strip club. It's true. Oh, my goodness. It's called Casa Diablo. <laughs> 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 no. House. no way. Oh, there's a video. Wait, wait, wait. All right, let's listen to the news report. A local news. Re- oh, this video has been removed by the user. Ah, bogative. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's a real shame. Uh, the world's first vegan strip club in the world, y'all. It's mind boggling how no one's thought of this concept before. We <laughs> know that whenever we go get a lap dance, we instinctively get peckish for some pan fried tofu. <laughs> I tell you, the girl in the in the video or in, on the the advertisement looks pretty good. Hey, they're hiring dancers now. Call Johnny five zero three two 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 six six zero three. Hey, just call Jenny. <laughs> Auditions every day from three to seven p.m. Casa Diablo. <laughs> oh, really? Free pool and free lunch. You can go take a dip. Wow. You're right, John. Screw anything else. That's important stuff. Yeah. I'm bummed about that video being... Well, there's probably another copy of it somewhere. Yeah, and it seems like there's tons of them. I guess that was a big deal. Hmm. Well, so, in other news on the blog, Dvork.org slash blogs, or you can find that story and others. Apparently, they're... Alabama police keep arresting Japanese managers of the Honda and Toyota factories really? for being illegal aliens or something, <laughs> which has got everybody all irked. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I do have a couple more clips. Yeah, let's roll them. If you're interested, let me yeah. get to the... Uh, How about bullying? I got a lot of response to my rant I got a on bull- bullying. I got the bullying clip, yeah. which is a uh, was an, is an ad. It's a public service announcement I ran into. And by the way, if you want to catch a lot of weird public service announcements, start, and you have the Dish Network, right? No. Oh, oh no. you have cable? What are you doing now? I can't afford cable. 
I got, oh. I got internet. Well, and not I got the Netflix. kind of income we're getting in the last show. No, no I don't. I can't, I can't afford 200 bucks a month. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. Well, anyway, the Dish Network has the Pentagon channel. Right. And they play public service announcements like there's no tomorrow. This one, I don't know where this one actually came from, but I picked it up off of one of the stations in the morning. Uh, oh, sorry. And this is the, uh, the bullying ad, the anti-bullying ad. I'm Demi Lovato. Join me to stomp out bullying. I was bullied, so I know how much it hurts. Are you or someone you know being bullied? Do you know a bully? Be kind, be brave, and be courageous, and report it. Don't be silent. The best way to stomp out bullying is to never let it start. Stomp out bullying now. Visit Love Our Children USA at www.loveourchildrenusa.org. It's the cool thing to do. Oh. For what is this kind of a violent approach? Isn't this a bullying approach to stomping out bullying? Stomping out bullying? It is so. This is this angers me. When I was a kid, and I get to say that now as I approach the five zero mark, if someone, you know, my parents would actually tell me, you know, I remember I was bullied as a kid. They say, and then one day I went up and I popped him in the nose. Yes, I. I didn't you get the, get the same story from my dad? Yeah, see, that's the American way. It's like, you know, eventually you just get mad enough and you just pop him in the nose, right? That's that's the story. Who came up with this story? I don't know. Wait, you got and the all same the years one. I went to school, I only ran into one. I actually got into a fight with a bully, but it was like a joke. And uh, I popped him in the nose, but it was not because, you know, it didn't sell, solve anything. It was just an accident. But I do have a friend who actually beat the crap out of a bully, and it turned out that the bully, at the time he was beating the crap out of him, was was dying of some disease anyway, and he wasn't going to be able to fight back. But uh, no, I think this is it. Doesn't this the whole bullying thing is not about bullying at all? It's about uh, First Amendment rights and the fact that they're just trying to keep people from, uh, you know, saying, you know, talking about anything. I'm looking. It's just a step in the wrong direction. I'm trying to see if I can find the uh, the history of loveourchildrenusa.org. Keeping uh, children safe, strengthening families. This looks like some sort of a national nonprofit leader, go-to prevention organization fighting all forms of violence and neglect against. I, re- I remember I got bullied at the bus stop when I was about uh, eight, and uh, my parents put me uh, in judo classes. So yeah, well, you, then you got to learn to like. Be, and you know, judo is not an aggressive. Uh, no, it's just it's a defense, uh, yeah, it's defensive a, strategy. Right, but you know, I, I could at least uh, duck and cover. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I... I so, to track and field is your best bet. You know, you for get running, really, for you running get really and fast. I had, when I was a little kid in Chicago, I used to hang out with a guy who was a... Uh, who knew jujitsu and we're talking fourth grader who was really good because we would be roaming around and some kids would try to jump us and he'd just flip them. And then we'd run up to some steps into some relative's house that he knew. And, but I remember one time being at some park, uh, roaming around with the guy and some kids, a little gang of kids says, look at those kids. They don't belong here. Let's get them. Right. And they started running at us and we just ran like fast as we could and we outran them. So that seems like to be the, you know, what most kids would have to go through. What are you going to do? So what you, is, bullies, you bullies shouldn't be hitting me or punch the, these kids. It's a gang of kids. There's a bunch of them. So what is the definition of bullying? Of This is irksome. Definition of bullying. Okay. This isn't, oh, wait, this is tfk.org. What is this? And is it when you're in a good debate? Isn't that if you're a good debater, a master debater? Aren't you bullying the competition? I mean, where does it end? 
Well, it ends in you not being. Or if you're able- in a college class and you know all the answers, you're a big know-it-all, and somebody answers something stupid and you ridicule them with your correct answer. Is that bullying? Yeah, I guess so. You're not allowed to say anything anymore. Uh, definition of bully: uh, archaic. Uh, blah, 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 blah. A blustering, browbeating person. That's a bully. One habitually cruel to others who are weaker. That's half the bosses I've ever worked with. <laughs> really? How about our, our government? Yeah, government. <laughs> Bunch of bullies. Here, bully, to bully, a verb. Okay, what does the verb say? Oh, I get a pop-up ad from Netflix. Really? Webster, Miriam, Miriam Webster, whatever your name is. To treat abusively, to affect by means of force or coercion. Okay, well, you're not, you're not allowed. It, it was always very clear with my parents. You had... Words and sticks and stones will break my bones. Words will never hurt me. And then you had assault and battery. And it was very, you know. It, yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> and the sticks and stones thing seems to have gone by the wayside. Yeah, you can't. I mean, yeah, where'd that go? Where did that go? My daughter, you know, she she was here uh, just before Thanksgiving. She was saying, you know, I really got bullied. Uh, and she, at a certain point, I'd even tell you guys about it, how bad I got bullied. Um. Um, oh, I think well, I think girls get bullied more than guys do amongst themselves because they're always, you know, the mean girls in school, the insiders. They're always picking on the other girls. But it's, but it's all just talk. It's not like a. I throughout all my school, I've only seen one actual cat fight, and it was in a largely a Latino school that we where our school is being finished, a high school in the South Bay. Uh, it was Logan High, which was mostly Mexican kids. And there's two Mexican girls went at it, and it was like something to watch. I'm yeah, telling you, it was you. hot. Yeah, but it was uh, that was the only time that you know they're always yelling at each other. But there's the only time I've ever seen any actual physical. Meanwhile, guys are having fights constantly. Hmm. Well, it, it, it's it's not good. I mean, if you if I were the president, I mean, the number one thing I'd say, you know, it's like we got to sure we got to have better education for our kids. But how would we not make them into pussies? You know. It's like you, you don't 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 get pushed around. I mean, that's that's the one of the core values that you can give it to a kid. It's like, hey, you know, if someone's talking smack, talk smack back. Don't be afraid and don't go running to the police or to the anti-bully squad, whatever it is. You know, Facebook bullying. Yeah, that's what kids do. Facebook bullying. Yeah, well, that's big. Facebook. You know. Uh, what is Facebook bullying? You say something nasty on Facebook and everyone snickers behind your back? I mean, they, what is it exactly? Yeah, no, they like it. They click on like. like <laughs> John, you're, you're ugly looking and you have, you know, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, when his uh, Constitution Hall, he'd be like, kids would be so mean. Like, you can't have an ice cream because your daddy is on the welfare and he's an alcoholic. You know, that's what kids used to do back in the day. And now they do it on Facebook and like, yeah, daddy's on the welfare. Click the like button. But it doesn't mean that you should be arrested for doing that. Facebook bullying. Uh, I'm glad I don't have young kids anymore. I have to deal with all that crap. It's a school with bullying, please. Yeah. Well, as we've already talked about on the show. It's it's all about just taking away First Amendment rights. You can't say anything. Can't say anything about anybody. You're bullying. Hey, you know, we, well, why don't we call out uh, some of these candidates for bullying? Hey, man, you're bullying Rick Perry for being an idiot. You can't say that about... Uh, 
Well, Fox is bullying Ron Paul. He's Thank you. We should call the back. bullying squad. Yeah, they should arrest Fox, Fox News. But apparently, bullying. but see, the way they're slipping this in. And is, talk about bullying. I mean, if you ever watch the O'Reilly show, my God. Yeah. All that guy does is try to intimidate everyone who comes on. But the way they're playing this is only if you're gay. That's how it works. Like they're bullying you, and if they're bullying you because you just happen to be gay, which is what they always, I just happens to be gay. That's when you. That's when it's not okay. Oh, but you know, everyone's weird in some way. I got bullied all my life. I got Tourette's. I had the wrong hair, the wrong clothes. Everything was wrong. And here I am, very successful. <laughs> yeah, and then everything's the same. I turned out great. You still have Tourette's. You still have weird hair, and you still have crappy clothes. Yeah. I mean, what, what's new? <laughs> and no career to speak of. This is great. <laughs> but now, of course, it's like a stopped clock. You know, it's everything yeah. you do. Oh, man. All right. Do something else for me. What else we got here? Please. Uh, let's see. Uh, so I see you have an Egypt clip. Let me help you into it. Turns okay, out... This the- is the Egypt clip. This is the one where the guys... Apparently, they're shooting rubber bullets at people and blinding them. And so I'm listening to this storm saying, this story doesn't... There's some element in here that doesn't make a lot of sense. Once again. I came here yesterday uh, at night because... Uh, I was going, I was at TEDx Youth uh, Cairo, and then I, I heard about what's happening, so I, I came directly, I went home, then I waited for my parents so they can come, and they approved, and they came with me, and uh, the three of us went, uh, we came here, we met lots of people who were very injured, our friends, our families were injured, and I went to the front lines, I, I checked what's happening, people, it was awful, the CS gas is, is horrible, it's... Uh, Uglier than ever. It's it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> what what other kinds of weapons are they using? Uh, they're using the rubber bullets and uh, the other kind of bullets that like uh, like flour- flourishes in the air and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it hurts lots of people. Yeah, like uh, you know, Malik Mustafa, the activist, he ha- he lost his eye. Uh, Lots, several other people lost their eyes, uh, and and actually the, the revolutionary people who were injured in Jan 25, they also got uh, got injured. Like the, there was one guy who who had lost his eye, and he lost his his other eye yesterday. So he had, he had both his eyes lost. It's important for. <laughs> so you go to this thing, and a rubber bullet blinds you, hits you, blows your eyeball out, <laughs> or both of them apparently. So you go back. <laughs> hey, can I have another? Yeah. And the, the other thing is about these 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 blinding rubber bullets, which I'm sure they would do that if you got hit in the face, even though they try to shoot, they usually shoot them at your they, feet. Yeah, arms, feet, legs, yeah. Well, uh, they shoot at the ground and you're supposed to, you know, get in, you all. In America, though, at our protest well, Maybe they here. shoot right in your face in, in yeah. Egypt. It wouldn't surprise me. No, they, the do, point they, is, they do that here in America, too. But the point is, where are the people wearing goggles? If I'm going to one of these riots or something like that, I'm going to have goggles or glass, something, some eye protection. Right. So if I if they shoot me with rubber bullets, I'm not going to, at least the goggles will like absorb some of the uh, you know impact. impact. And yeah. I don't. Nobody's wearing goggles. I, I so I'm wondering how much. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming there's are people getting blinded, but uh, I think we should uh, start a new uh, a new thing. Goggles for Egypt. Goggles for Egypt. Goggles for Egypt. I mean, who needs to get blinded at a demonstration? Well, apparently, uh, we the uh, our presidential our administration spent two hundred million dollars on the uh, elections in Egypt. 
What? Yeah, the USAID spent oh, $200 million. Yeah, $100 million in economic development and also to train Egypt's political parties. $100 million. What, to, how to do flyers and pamphlets? And $65 million. Uh, this is a, who's a Stephen McInerney. Executive Director of the Mc, Pro- McNerney Mc Mc McInerney McInerney yeah That'd be it. Executive Director of the Project of Middle East Democracy uh, told Campaign and Elections Magazine sixty five million dollars went to Egypt after the uprising that toppled President Hosni Mubarak. An additional hundred million was earmarked for economic development, and this all came from USAID. Isn't that our money? That's two hundred million dollars. That's a quarter of what it takes to become president. So you think there's some meddling going on? You think that there's that there's that they want to bring someone in like El Baradai? I don't know. It doesn't sound right. Uh, by the way, just to quickly back to Carrier IQ. I guarantee you this will be a. T- Are you on Twit today? Yeah, it's at Carrier IQ. Are you on Twit today? Yes, I'm on Twit today. Okay, so when it comes up, here's what I want you to say because it's going to come up. It's like hey, Carrier IQ. Please, Why ask. not? It will. Who else is on the show? I don't know. So whoever is on, you say, so why is no one upset about Echelon and the government tracking you and listening to all your phone calls and putting GPS devices on your car and just reading your emails? Why is no one so upset? Why are we all upset about Carrier IQ? This is the, this is the real distraction. Carrier IQ, bad, bad Silicon Valley company. No, your government is the bad company. They're the bad actors in this. This is, this is what irks me. It's all this press about Carrier IQ, but no one talking about what your government is actually doing to you. Could you okay. please, could you please do that? Oh yeah, and then please take along this jingle. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. Uh, I know you've been wanting to play it. Yes. So uh, I've been following a couple of things. One is the one of the things is the internet tax. They want to tax the internet. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the um, this. SOPA this and the IP protect IP and all the rest of these these bills that are trying to you know, the guys that shut down websites say oh we don't like what they're doing shut them down and you have to do that right mm-hmm. so I got this some stooge from the uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce who seems to be all for this you know these laws I thought this was kind of a, an odd one uh, and I and the funny thing is this was on on. News Hour with Gwen Eiffel, who's never asked a hard question in her life. <laughs> she sits there and just soaks up whatever they say and uh-huh, uh-huh, and goes on to the next. She's the worst. She, she has no, she's not an aggressive interviewer in the least. And this actually irks me to no end. But so, so play the servers are hard to find a clip and, and tell me what you think. If we can find who's behind the website and if they're in the United States, yes, they're breaking U.S. law. In fact, they're breaking international law. And those remedies are available and enforceable. The problem is, even if the website is registered here with a .com or .net address, the operator, the servers, may be anywhere in the world. And they may be very hard to find. Let me see. Um, Trace route. Ever heard of that, idiot? (laughs) Hard to find. How is a server with a DNS uh, address, obviously, hard to find? Oh my goodness! Well, let's let's try it out in action, John. Here we go. I'll show you how it works. So, if we do a lookup, if we actually do dig no agenda 
show.com. Here, this, this, we should be in the Chamber of Commerce. Answer section 204.232.137.207. So we take that and then we say trace route and then we hit that and trace route command not found. Oh crap. Stupid <laughs> Mac. I misspelled it. We not. have a winner. Here we go. I misspelled it. Okay, it's sixty-four hops. Now, of course, I'm behind an wow. NAT. No wonder you get. No wonder this. No, sixty-four mag. It's already timing out at my firewall. But anyway, that's how you do it. It's not that hard. Well, you know, there's there. You could assume that there's some smarties out there that can that can bounce it around so much that you never really find where the guy's originating from because he's going through all sorts of hoops but these guys this is about these these websites that have fake rolexes how many of these guys give a crap to go through any of that they just set up shop in indonesia or malaysia or or nevada and they they start selling their stuff until they shut them down or they somebody comes knocking at the door and then they just move on to the next one but it's not that they're hard to find no. this guy's an idiot and the fact that glenn ivel lets that thing go right by her Oh, they're hard to find. Why are they hard to find? Ask him. Why are they hard to find? Don't they have an IP address? And doesn't it have to be registered someone because somewhere because there is somebody that is de- delivering this IP address to the person? Or if the person actually owns the IP address, you know, directly from Icon or wherever they're going to get a, a bank of IP addresses. Don't we know who these people are? Don't can we look them up? Can we? You can actually find their phone number. <laughs> yeah, block <laughs> of crap. <laughs> it's usually right. Well, let's see. Uh, let's, let's. This is the kind of thing we get from the public broadcasters as journalism. Let's try the guy a website. Can say whatever he wants. Let's try a website. Uh, can you find? There's got to be a website with some fake stuff. Do we have like fake Rolex dot com or something? <laughs> Fake <laughs> Let's just try this. Fake Rolex. Fake Rolex.com. Let me try fake Rolex. There was a bunch of these sites shut down the other day. Let me see. Uh, Rolex replica watch enthusiasts. Uh, let me see. So here we go. Uh, Swiss Rolex replicas review. Uh, Rolex replica dot Okay. So <laughs> how hard is this? How come that hasn't been shut down, by the way? We need this yeah, is, really? Really? Hey, this is RolexReplicaWebGarden.com. You got to, like, shut that. Oh, by the way, it's not responding. Well, it's probably shut down. Yeah, maybe they got it. Maybe they got that one. Here's another one. This is a, Repli- this one was shut down, too, because you can see. Hmm. But I got Replica. Okay, here's a no, whole no, no, pile here, Replica. Things. Here you go. ReplicaCC.com. There's a whole, with prices, it, you can buy it right there. So let's do a who is lookup. Wait, like, Replica, you do that, I'm going to go look at Replica. Replica, .cc? No, replicacc.com. So that's the domain name. Yeah. Now let me see what I get here. I get... Uh, oh, yeah. They got some nice watches here. Uh, register really expensive. Oh, so this is... Uh, so they have the Jiangsu Banging Science... And <laughs> Jiangsu Banging Science and Technology Co. <laughs> Someone's funny. I like this one watch. This is a beauty. These are some gems. They're nice, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They got some Tag Heuer's, a a Daytona. You know, John, just by looking at this, you got to get real, man. You can't look at this stuff, man. You got to get real because you're costing Americans jobs. There's no American. What what, what American makes a Tag Heuer? What American makes a Rolex? Here it is. Here. So uh, this Tag Heuer Monaco is nice. Here's their phone number. 
plus eight six zero two five eight six eight 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 zero zero three seven in Jiangsu. Let's just call them in China. Chiners, I'm telling you, it's the Chiners. Yeah, it's always the Chiners. Right. So it's not hard to so find. Here's another one. Look this one up too. www.overwatches.com. See if that's still up. Overwatches? Over, and I say that because the the images on this site that we just were visiting was uh, are from Overwatches. This domain so think, was owned, once owned by a seller of replica channel. Chanel. 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 <laughs> Chanel. Pursuant here, to this a one ju- got shut down. First went to the judgment and injunction, blah, blah, blah. Western District of Tennessee, the owners of the website previously appearing on this web address were held to have been selling replica Chanel products. By the way, what Americans have lost their job over replica Chanel products? That's a French company. Now, check this out. If you do a who is on that, it hasn't been hijacked by the U.S. No, no. It's owned by Chanel Inc., 9 West 57th Street. What? Yes. Overwatches.com, registered through GoDaddy, created March 9th, 09. Admin, legal at Chanel-counterfeitenforcement.com. Whoa, that's a cool domain. Maybe it's a honeypot. <laughs> yeah, owned by Chanel. Oh, so this cool. was a honeypot. Could be. Well, what else would it be if it was owned by Chanel Anti-Counterfeiting? Well, but who was it, who was it if it was shut down? And, and then how come these guys just get to own it then? That you can't no, own I think it. they owned it all along. I think somebody <laughs> fucked up. Because <laughs> it it's, it's, it's the same as Overwatches. Interesting. Well, it is Overwatches. And, and the Overwatches had all the pictures of all the Rolexes. It was set up as a honeypot for the Chanel stuff. And it was shut down supposedly for selling uh, replica Chanel handbags. This is bo- this whole thing is bogus. But my point is, if it's a, if the domain domain name says overwatches.com, what gives Chanel the right to own that? Why can't Rolex own that? No, no I no, I think it's Chanel. No, that I, did, I, they owned it for whatever per- reasons they wanted to own it. Probably to catch people, you know, that were interested in buying there. I don't know what they were up to. I have no idea. All I know is that this whole thing is just a, a, a massive cluster scam <laughs> of bogativeness. Meanwhile, this other site, the Replica ACC, has got <laughs> some nice stuff. It's rocking it, yeah. Well, depending let's... on whether or not you actually get them, but their price is about seems about right. Yeah, I, I don't where would you get them? They probably ship them straight from China. They get blocked. Now, how come this site hasn't been brought down? And this is the one coming out of China from the university. And how hard is it to go visit the place and say, hey, you guys are running a, an, an operation out of the college here. Why don't you uh, stop that? Stop it. FAQ. Oh, here, contact us on the website. You can email them. Watch 809 at gmail.com. Well, that, how hard can that be? Just call up Google and say, hey. Impossible to find these people. <laughs> FAQ. Let's see what... Let's see. Uh, how long does delivery? Uh, what if I don't have a credit card? Don't worry about it. No problem. <laughs> we'll take Western Union. <laughs> you got some just some pretty amazing products. I like here. contact us. That's the best. You, you can are, also get some watch boxes. <laughs> you are most you welcome. Get, watch boxes are expensive. A Rolex watch <laughs> box is twenty eight bucks. New arrivals. <laughs> So you get the watch box and put your fake Rolex in it and give it as a gift to look like a big spender. <laughs> All right. Do you, have, you want to play this rogue websites thing or are we done? 
Uh, it's the same. It's, it's the same idiot from the Chamber of Commerce. No good. Uh, like you can play it. It's like really good consumer news. You can use protection, but he says they're just they're just throwing stuff out there. This is critically important to protect the 19 million American jobs and American consumers. Yeah, jobs. Because in addition to the rogue websites that are based in the United States, or at least have those domain names that our enforcement agencies can reach through the existing court process. Oh. There are many rogue sites that are based entirely outside the United States. China. They're ripping us off and laughing all the way to the bank. The legislation <laughs> pending in Congress. Rogue sites. Unlike the government, <laughs> who is literally ripping us off and laughing all the way to the bank. This legislation is designed to cut those sites off from the U.S. market, to create a court procedure, full due process, so that a judge can rule these sites are dedicated to the theft of American intellectual property. <laughs> And there's a campaign of 350 companies, trade associations, and professional organizations from <laughs> every corner of the country, from dozens of different sectors of the economy, who support rogue site legislation. Larry Downs, isn't it at least worth it for public All awareness? Right. So uh, we, I think we have a new domain name, if I'm looking at the chat room, bogativewatches.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I, I got one little thing. Unless you have something, I got one thing left. No, you, you got yeah. it. All right, so uh, as you know, I'm tracking the uh, 99% concert for Occupy Wall Street, as I believe this will be uh, coming forth uh, very soon. I know who the headliner is going to be, and it's a surprise headliner. And Ben Stein recently was in an interview scenario you know, Ben Stein from uh, uh, Ben Stein's yeah, Money. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the world. Began 6,000 years ago. Yeah, he's a, a weird dude. So he's in an interview with, like, the editor of Bloomberg or something, and uh, and he he starts railing on the uh, Occupy Wall Street people, and all of a sudden, I know who the headliner's going to be. They're talking to each other and thinking they're accomplishing something. They're people who don't know the real meaning of the word work. They're kind of sad and uh, self-important. And I, I, as far as I can observe, they're not doing anything very important. I mean, if they're... They're against greed. Well, we're all against greed. They're against fraud. Well, we're all against fraud. There are already laws against fraud. I, I don't understand what they're doing. The only times I've ever been around them, all they did was bang on drums. I don't see that that <laughs> accomplishes very much. They represent the 99%. They don't represent the 99%. The 99% are working. Working. Occupy Wall Street. They're working. Try working. Or they want to be working. There are the, those in the 99% who are trying to work. And I mean, you got to... Yeah, okay, the, the I, don't see these, I don't see these guys working. Bang on drums ain't working. That's right. Todd Rundgren will headline the 99% Congress, everybody. Don't want to work. I don't want to bang on the drum all day. Yay, yay, yay. Can you just see it? It's going to be the new anthem, John. <laughs> I like it. I think you're on to something. We can all sing that with a human microphone. My boss is a jerk. I just want to bang on the drum. All right. It could happen. Could have gone out with that. <laughs> well, we're done. I'm well, going. I'm going to take a chance and buy one of these Bulgari watches. <laughs> oh no! Are you going to do do a Western Union and uh, figure out? Uh, yeah, Western Union will do, and uh, see what happens. See if I get the watch or if they just take the money and laugh all the way to the bank. Uh, we do know where they live, right? Yeah, we we, we'll, we can find their server. Yeah, we know where it is, and uh, we'll see what we get. China. I've been waiting for a trip to China. All right, everybody, here's what's coming up. Uh, as a final clip of the program, we have an interview with Sir Matthew of Melbourne, uh, brought to you by our buddy there, uh, Maynard. Uh, 
in Australia. Get my nation down under. Target of a future Hot Pockets tour for sure. After we do the West Coast, which Mickey desperately wants to do this summer. So it looks Good like we're, for her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can do an RV, though. I, think, I don't think it can oh. get up the, the Rockies there. Do consider us in your thoughts, your prayers, and your donations through uh, PayPal, bank, or otherwise at uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. And the No Agenda producer update coming up next on the stream. Coming to you from Camp Mofo here in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Lone Star State. And morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we're on Herman Cain Watch. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Sir Matthew? It is Sir Matthew in the morning to you, Maynard. In the morning to you. You are speaking to Sir Matthew in Melbourne. And uh, when uh, Eric Schill sent out the, uh, the word that knights should contact me for interviews, I've been swamped, Sir Matthew. Oh, fantastic. And the big problem is you know, everyone's in great time zones like the Netherlands, Gitmo Nation East, or, <laughs> or Stinky Cheese. We're a long way away, aren't we, Matthew? Down Gitmo Nation, down under, yes. Colleagues in other, in other countries, it's always hard to find the right time to call them. What I might do with the other nights, I might get a series of questions, send them the questions, and they can record their own audio. Oh, that sounds like an idea. So I can stick it together and everyone can have the same answers and we can even like make a mini documentary out of it. Oof. But right now, Sir Matthew, how did you get introduced to No Agenda? Moderately similar to a lot of others, I think. I think it all came from Twit, listening to John C. Dvorak, the uh, buzzkill on Twit. And I had another friend that we used to always uh, sit down and compare Twit notes. And he said, actually, I've been listening to this other podcast that uh, JCD's on. You should listen to it. With the Podfather, started listening. That was probably about close to two and a half years ago now and haven't looked back since. What hooked you? Oh, probably because it's uh, an exhibition of rational thought in the media, which is uh, something sadly lacking, where it's not sort of, uh, oh, it's got to be this black issue or this white issue. It's let's have a discussion at what's good about it, what's bad about it. And so I've got to say, I get a bit of kick out of some of the more crackpot bits. I always uh, sing along to the jingles, and I particularly like it when they play the Gitmo national anthem. In the more, it's and happy and distracted slaves. That's correct. Because sometimes that's the only way to get through the day, isn't it, Sir Matthew? It is. It, uh, definitely, I'm one of those that uh, is definitely a car drive, commute in the morning and back home in the evening listener. Is there one issue that you go, ah, oh, this is great, win, lose or drone, that segment? I, I always love it when John gets onto the great soy milk conspiracy. The soy milk conspiracy, I think we're a bit luckier that some of our soy is not quite as GM'd here in Australia. Whenever um, uh, Adam's going off on one of his tangents about the... Uh, Stargate or the... The earthquake machine. The earthquake machine. The earthquake machine's always good. Um, Looking for those uh, whale strandings to let us know when there's an earthquake coming along. And you don't have to agree with it to enjoy it and to think about it. Uh, Absolutely not. And that's uh, that's the whole thing. Like, I think most of the mainstream media or the lamestream media is around trying to get all the people that have exactly the same thoughts and, you know, self-actualising their own ideas rather than... uh, Having a discussion, it doesn't matter whether you agree or not, it's a discussion. You listened, you got hooked. What made you decide to become a knight of the No Agenda Armoury? I did my first donation. I thought, oh, I wanted to do a douchebag call-out to to my friend that had got me hooked, Mr Simon Alicia, who's still not a knight, but he has become, he has de-douched himself. So I thought, oh, if I'm going to do that, I may as well go for a... um, go for an executive producership. Did the threes, uh, 333, and then after that I thought, I'll do it again. And then once I'd done twice, I thought, well, it's only just one more. For a knighthood, I should go for that. What do you do with the ring you got? Generally have it with me. If, I'm not, if it's not on my finger, I've got it uh, got it on a, on a necklace. Have you punched anything with it just to see that it's the reverse when it comes out? Uh, I have. I've actually used the original wax that I got, and I, uh, 
I've sealed a couple of letters with the wax. To the Australian Tax Department? It was. Oh, not an official document to the ATO. Well, that's a good point. I should do that. Usually I lodge electronically, so it's a bit hard to do that. But So it does look cool in, in reverse when you punch stuff? It does. It, it actually comes out very, very nicely. I was a bit dubious as to whether or not it would look as good in, uh, once you actually wax sealed something as it does on the ring, but it was very, very good. I definitely agree with the Buzzkill's idea that you know if, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. If you're getting something for free, like a BTV or a podcast or something, and they're advertising to you, they're selling you to someone else. I really do think that what Adam and John are sort of doing is potentially the germ of an idea that could come into what is going to be our media in the future. You are directly paying for the media so that it's been tailored for the sort of stuff that you like rather than what the advertisers might want out of you. It's got the makings of something big and I'm very keen to be a part of that. Well, Sir Matthew, as someone who feels ownership of the program, is there something you'd like to see more of or something you'd like in the show or more of? Yeah, any any comments? I actually find myself just completely satisfied with the show as it is. I, I wouldn't want it to be longer and I'm glad they dropped the idea of the third show because I don't know how I'd fit it into my week if I had more than five hours of, of no agenda of a week. It's got its own variety within it. It's like there's pretty much no topic that they don't discuss. It would be nice to see them do a Hot Pockets tour down, down under. But, oh, wouldn't uh, that be great? Like would be good. All the different kinds of beer they could get stuck into. It could be. We can teach him that Australia isn't about Foster's. And, and Dvorak could just get some of these Australian wines that he's only drink, that he can't get at Costco. I'm across in Perth quite a bit for work, and I've got to say that the boys keep saying they want to go there, and they really should. And the Margaret River's not very far from Perth. One last question. Why do you think there aren't many female nights in the, uh, around the round table? Probably because of the, the technology link that gets most of the people into the show. I'd say, you know, JCD being a technology columnist and the podfather himself being all things to RSS and podcasting. Most of us geeks and nerds out there, there tends to be a bit of a male bias to it. So Matthew from Melbourne, thank you very much for chatting to us. Thank you for your time and I hope we've inspired a few more people to think a bit more about being a knight of the round table. I mean, what do you do with all your hookers and blow? <laughs> I, I try and keep them away from my wife. Best, Best podcast in the universe! Adios. Mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A